You're welcome to We're Just a Messages podcast. Of course, I am Mike. What's happening? It's Marcus. And of course, I can't do this thing without my dog, Drew Money, on the boards. How y'all feeling? I am feeling great, man. How are y'all fellas doing, man? I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Had a productive week, so, you know, feeling accomplished. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, we already said a few weeks ago it was going to be a busy week, man. It's definitely been a busy week. You know, apologies for last week, but, you know, life is going on for, for niggas, man. But glad to be back for y'all, man. Glad to be back. Drew, how was how was Fashion Week, man? Turn, let's get right into it, man. <laughs> that was a good time, man. New York cold as hell. <laughs> of course, February. Man, bro, that shit was like it was like a movie skit, bro. Like you have the movie scene, you walking in the snow and shit, and it's just like snow building up on you, mm-hmm. like building up on your shoulders and shit. Like that's literally how building up on your shoulders for real, bro. <laughs> But um, it was a, a wonderful time, man. Um, of course, you know, you just have to continue to pivot, man. You know, through it all, and it was—I I think it was one of the smoothest, smoother shows. Um, and I think everybody—I mean, if you look at the reaction and just the pictures and the content that's going, mm-hmm. it's nuts, man. Like, I mean, it was just a good crew of people. Like, this crew was really good, solid. Solid photographers, solid um, videographers. Um, of course, Frank, you know, continued to kill the thing, man. Like, hats off to him. Hats off to um, DJ Fresh, the um, Miss Rosalita, Brianne. Like, everybody, like, Fresh just killed it, man. I mean, the visual artist that was, was selected, man, I mean, their work was just phenomenal. Um, the performance, Frank uh, released a new song with uh, Salsito. So they performed that live, and that was the first time like putting all that together and shit. So that shit was just that was dope. Had a drummer, um, man, bro. It just, I you know when you can sit back and just look at the shit and just be like, wow, damn, you did that shit. Like that's a that's a good feeling, you know. So for me, man, it was like, uh, how am I going to top LA? And this definitely feels. I feel like it it happened, you know, in real time. Like it it was a, a lit show in New York. And um you know, I don't know, bro. I'm just hyped. You know, this shit's just yeah, lit. That's what's up, I ain't going to hold you. Yeah. Like, it's just it's just a lot I of I mean, work. yeah, you anticipated when we talked about it, you definitely yeah. anticipated a great show. Yeah. So, I just had a good feeling about New York this mm-hmm. time. Same lo- same uh location? Mm-mm. Uh, it was a different location. And um I I think that venue itself is a as a how it's put together you have to get creative because it's not you know most even like how we're in it's shaped in a a square it's shaped as a rectangle you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so you're shooting everything vertical everything has to make sense in a vertical line Mm -hmm. you know so that was interesting then just the placement of the bar also was just how we're gonna use this and create with this so i think we executed it everything on i mean we checked the boxes for me so like i said man it was it's a little easier when you do the scouting trips and you get to you know be 10 toes in the building and you create the vision and then it's a little different i didn't make the scouting trip because i had life was life and and um you know situations came up but it, it was a you know being able to just touch there and just like all right boom this is how i want to do it and everybody was like yeah i like that so you know, thinking for the production side, man, we fucking nailed it. Um, 
It's just now piecing everything together, you know, for me. Definitely. The after, you know yeah. the aftermath. Yes, yeah, sir. And it's, a, it's the aftermath, man. But, the, I mean, the content, <laughs> it's rolling, man. This shit look good, man. I mean, we have really good photographers, really good, really good shooters in the building, man. Like, that pit was fucking lit. For real. Okay. Like, them boys, niggas shooting with, look at them boys, lenses and shit. Like, oh, man, I already know what your content about to look like. Bro. <laughs> like, yo, you good? Are you in your, you in your right position? You know, you, making you sure You about that- to go buy some new toys? Nah, not right now. <laughs> not right now. But I'm um it was just it's it's just interesting because I can see now like being able to, you know, use those pieces to see what people have and be like, Okay, you're shooting with a twenty four to know like, okay, you need to be closer to get a certain type of shot. But I also wanted to create um two different two different scenes essentially with this. Mm-hmm. So you get the first look. Boom! You have those people with short short lenses um, to get the wide spectrum of paintings and in the the models, so you get the full full scale before you they even hit the runway. Mm-hmm. And you have the second pit that's catching everything. You get the crowd reaction. You get what's happening in the back. You get the model, of course. So, but this content slip, bro. I ain't gonna you you had more drone shots this time around. Um, I have some really good drone shots. I ain't gonna hold you. Um, but for, with the drone, man, it's, um, you know, I have to focus on one thing or two things at the same time when I'm flying the drone. I'm, I'm focusing on my camera and having to look at the screen. So, and also making sure that shit don't fly into nobody. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, I gotta, I, it's a little tricky for that, but I just want to, you know, I have to get some kind of content with that drone and I did and it's fire. I ain't gonna hold you. It's just lit. What was the vibe of New York like when you was there? Like, how was it? How was how was the city shaking when you was out there? Bruh, I ain't gonna hold you. It's it's never what New York has going on when I'm in New York. It's what I have going on. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's we got so much shit happening real time that I can't. I'm not worried about what New York has going on. If if it's a nasty individual, okay, boom, we're gonna move a certain way. But it's just. You know, it's New York, man. Like, I, I, I it, it was only kind of towards the, it was after the show, really. You, I really got the the feel of the New York yeah, nastiness. So, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. now the work is done, but it was it was just on some venue type shit. You know, it, not on us type shit. All right. So it was good, man. I mean, bro, <laughs> shit was hard, man. I ain't gonna hold you. Like that was a. A fucking raw ass show. Like that shit was really hard. It was two or three of them. It was just one. Just one. one oh, okay. Show. Yeah, man. So we we popped in New York, man. What uh, was that Thursday? Yeah, I got there on Thursday. Um, that was opening night. Then boom. I mean, you you touch down and you just start rolling into it. So the show was Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was Friday. And so we did. Um, we went bowling on Saturday. Saturday night. And that was dope too, man. Like that, the lane, tiny ass little lane shit. But the, the bowling alley was lit, bro. I ain't gonna hold you, bro. I bet, man. That Got line. a little competitive in there. 
Yeah, well, it was just a good time. You know, nah, I'm gonna try to win. I gonna hold your boy, Frank. Mama, she she whoop everybody ass. She man. nice. She, she was <laughs> nice. Man. Shout out to mom, man. Mom, okay, nice. Okay, okay. Well, I might have to start paying for that bond. <laughs> Come travel with me. Stop playing, man. You yeah. Know what I'm <laughs> but no, nah, it was a good time, man. Truly, I love bowling. It was a, it was a good vibe. I think it was just something that the, you know that good feel. Of killing the runway now, you can kind of like kick back and relax, but also you know shooting content and creating that memory because it was dope. Yeah. You know, models came through, and they got competitive and shit like that. But it was just a vibe. Yeah, I remember I was talking to JT Pryor about like uh, the format of the show and how they he probably was gonna do uh, one or two shows versus because we had three the last time we was in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had three shows. Was it two? or Was it three? No, it was two. It was two, and he was talking about possibly going down to one or keeping it at two. So, what do you think was? Do you think do you like the one show format, or do you prefer more, or just they both the same? I think. I think if it if it makes sense as far as like venues and, you know, also how how long you gonna spend in these cities? You know, mm-hmm. like these you're in big cities. New York is in the place that you really want to want to play around. They got great venues, but then on the outside of that, it sucks for parking. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. So it's like tomato, tomato, in that kind of situation, you like you can't nail everything in New York. It just especially depends on what borough you're in. See, yeah. so like when we was in New York last year, everything was in Manhattan. Yeah. So Uber everywhere. Uber everywhere. Either way, you're going to have to pay something, whether it be by the parking, the car you get, or you paying by Uber. So for, yeah. for me, it was just getting there. Yeah. That mainly was about because I was not about to get no rental. Yeah, and I mean, I was not about to do that, bro. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie, like the, <laughs> the venue that we're, that we had, bro. Like I said, man, it was a dope venue, great. Okay, yeah. y'all was in Manhattan, or y'all was in a different borough? I was in a different borough. Okay, um, but I mean, Times Square was right around the corner, man. Um, and and it, you know, bro, it was we even popped out there to be able to shoot content. It's cold as shit out there, though, bro. Like it's. But it's like crazy because you know, photographers live make a living out there on time. Bro, it's cool as fuck. Bro, listen, when I when that so we shot at the the rooftop that Saturday or that Friday. It was that Friday. So I went out to Times Square prior, you know, just to sightsee shit like that, keep the shit. Man, I don't know what I was thinking going out there with no scully on. I ended up buying a Scully Alta, dude. <laughs> bro, that wouldn't be whipping down there. You see what I'm saying? It's not so much the car, so you could deal with the cold. When that wind get this minute, yeah. that shit hitting, slapping your face and shit, it's different. But yeah, it's it's a different, of course it's a different type of cold up there, dog. Like, for sure. I went to uh, New York in July. But them photographers be out there, too. Yeah, I went to New York in July, and when the sun went down, Shit, temperature drop. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like the fuck. Yeah, if it's a clear day and the sun drop, yeah, you'll have a long. It, it can get it can get a little cool out there. Yeah, I didn't expect that. You know, it's crazy. They say it's like that in Arizona too. Oh, where? They have some like, like around fall, more so fall time. That sun get to going down. Yeah, they can have some cold nights. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but we was we was in Union Square, and Union Square. So that shit was like it was a perfect location. I mean, get the high rise right there in the back. Okay. Um. I mean, dog, it was it was perfect, bro. Like, and then it was it was just able, like being able to kind of we parked across the street. It wasn't supposed to, but they had vendors and shit outside, so it was like they had parking already on like the bike lane essentially. Yeah, certain cities real strict with their parking, man. Yeah, we got on through with that. I ain't gonna. Okay, that's shit, good. Yeah, we that's got good. on through with that, but 
Well, I'm excited for, you know, Atlanta. Atlanta's up next, then Kentucky Derby. Then we got Miami Swim, and then back in New York in September. So Back in New York, September. Okay. Yeah, so it's a hell of a list, man. Hell of a list. But we're going to execute, man. It's going to get better and better, for sure. For yeah. sure. But it was it was a really good week. Because um, then prior to that, I had to go to um, St. Martin for an So you was down there. Yeah, man. So that was dope. Cool little island. Definitely go back. Definitely. It's crazy, though, that, like, uh, a lot of people go there and get, like, uh, like, buy a jury and shit. But the thing about it is it's, like, if you get a praise here, it's not, it ain't going to be worth shit, damn, basically. Like, they can't, they can't te- test it correctly or some shit like that. But um, the, the, they push heavy on the jury. Like, niggas walking around with chains, pulling out. Look at this. Look at this. You want this, like, heavy on the jury, bro. I believe it. Yeah. Gotta get your hustle on. Yeah, for, uh, on everything, every corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was cool. Cool little island, man. But so far, so good, man. 2024, bro. No complaints, man. Just giving thanks. Oh, it's it's uh, this, the uh, fast forward button is definitely getting hit because March is here. Yeah, about to say next week. Man, I always say people, man, listen. January, February, March, April, May, June. That shit about to, like, June about to be in three months, three, four months. It's crazy. Yeah, four more months, so it's going to kick up. So, man, we got to get right into the shits, man. We had some shit happen over the last couple weeks, man. Um, Last episode, we kind of briefly spoke about uh, Monique's interview with Shannon Sharp, but the aftermath was the one that really did it. So her son came out, and, you know, he dropped like a 10-minute video. I did watch the whole thing, you know, to give his accounts of him and his mom's relationship. And, you know, him basically kind of debunking everything that she was saying, Talking about the things that she did as a why she's not a good mom, how she make it seem like it was this. Then in turn, Monique dropped a video with her husband in response to, you know, what he said. Then I seen a stand up that she did and she basically was like, you know, saying, oh, man, fuck that nigga and da, da, this, that, and the third. And I didn't want to see it go in that direction. I didn't even know he was going to speak out. He didn't seem all these years. I never seen her son speak out. So for him to, you know, take the time to come out and speak about it. Uh, he could you could definitely say that he felt some type of way about it. Um, they both come off to me both as very stubborn individuals. You could tell the love is definitely still there. Things want to get worked out. Spilling it over to the internet is never a recipe for success. Um, we've seen it like with Master P and Romeo. We've seen it with a lot of father son, father daughter, mother son, mother daughter relationships who are in the public figure, spill out over the internet. I mean, we've seen it with Floyd Mayweather and his daughter. And I'm just never a fan of it, man. And, you know, in turn with that, you know, Shannon catches a lot of heat because of, you know, him putting out interviews. So it's just a lot of layers to it. But just just to stay with Monique and her son, it's, you know, and I, I spoke about the family dynamic on this pod before and, you know, my biggest thing is, dog, if the shit can be worked out, work it out. And if not, just keep all that shit off the internet. But just from seeing body languages in his video, you could, it's a son that definitely wants love from his mother. Definitely. And even Monique, when she spoke about because initially we heard it from her side, you could definitely see a mother that was just like, you know, hey, I would want a relationship with my son. 
she's charging it more so to the time. Time being fixing it. But sometimes, man, you just can't rely on time because you never know what the fuck happens. Hey, speaking from personal experience, you see what I'm saying? R.I.P. my sister Tyler, but, you know, me and her didn't leave off on a bad page. I think I would be so torn if me and her was on a bad page. You get what I'm saying? But that's what keeps me kind of um, in a positive balance with losing her mm-hmm. is the fact that we didn't leave off on a bad page. Because I said before, it's not necessarily the death that hurts people when they lose a loved one. It's how they left off yeah. that hurts them. So when I'm looking at Monique and her son, I'm like, bro, if y'all can fix this shit, fix it. And I'm not saying anything that has been said is cool. It's not okay. It's not okay for Monique to do a stand-up post and, you know, even though make light of a joke, oh, say fuck my son, that's not cool off the heels of what's going on. That just adds fuel to the fire. You get what I'm saying? It's 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 just nasty all around. It's nasty all around. But what, what my whole, what Monique, for her to say that at the concert, for me, it's just like, dog, you don't got to say that now. Like, you don't right. have to. You can make light of the situation, situation but you but don't got to be gotta, like that. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be like that. And because, you know, when, you know, her son comes across, you know, when I saw when I saw his uh, little interview, he came across very respectful. He wasn't, like, trying to bash her. Even though I do see where you say he's stubborn, how you can see that. But he didn't come across as, like, trying to, like, really, like, like go in on her. No, 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 not at all. You know no, what I'm uh-uh. so he wasn't. I felt like for her, he to was say, just airing his grievances, basically. Yeah, so I say for her to say that that wasn't really warranted. You know what I'm saying? And if he was going to say that, you could have just said that yeah. behind closed doors. You didn't have to put that in your routine because now that's going to be the one of the the main headlines. Oh, Monique said, "Fuck his son." I mean, fuck her son. That's what what it was when the clip was going around. This is a comedy show now, so that's the main highlight. And then even with the Instagram live with her husband. um, Why was he even there? That's what a lot of people want to know. Why is he even there? That's an issue between your biological son and the biological mother, not the stepfather. That nigga can be to the side. He wasn't there. Like he, That's not your real pop. So for y'all to have y'all issues, that needs to stay between y'all two. Like He doesn't need to be the voice for her to speak. Mm-hmm. That's gotta be. It seems like two. Monique is always Leaning in lockstep with him and with everything because she speaks very, very, very highly of that man. And like she loves this man, but again, that's a relationship between you and your son that only y'all two can fix for real. That's what I'm saying. Like, and bro, and I and I dig that because you know, you know, black man, black woman, he sits beside her. I can dig all that. You know what I'm saying? I fuck with that. But when it comes to certain issues, I feel like she got to stand on her own too, and this is just one of them. Like, oh, definitely for sure. And and but what was surprising to me to the public, well, probably because she's not really predominant like that, how she used to be. Monique has anytime she has spoken on that, it wasn't new to me that she had an issue with her son. I always knew that. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. So for a lot of people, I was kind of surprised a lot of people didn't know that. So when she talked about it on Shannon, of course Shannon got a uh, a booming platform, a lot of new listeners, so they probably didn't know. But I, that has always been a thing between them two. I never knew that. They haven't had the public back and forth, but she has always kind of spoke to, you know, that's one of the things that I, you know. Like regret? She, she has always said she's been a bad mother in terms of him because mm-hmm. she was chasing the dream. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, you really got to find that balance when you out here chasing dreams, man, especially you got kids. Or you know you got a, a a niece a nephew that's left behind and you're you know you're the sole provider like that shit matters and you gotta ask yourself is it worth 
you know, chasing my dream to sever or have this damaging relationship with a son or a daughter. You got to ask yourself that. She chose her, you know, she chose her side. She was successful, but... At what cost? At what cost, you know, to sacrifice a relationship with your son. I mean, he's 30 years old now. For me, I would say personally, when you reach a certain age, it comes a time if you're... Well, I'm outside looking in. If you're putting forth the effort to try to make it work, and this is very specific. Like, this is why context matters. We're talking about a mother. You only get one of those. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? It's not like a grandmother. You got two grandmothers on both sides of the family, grandfather both sides. You get one mother. You see what I'm saying? You may have a stepmother that was there from the cool, but you get one mother. Yeah. Me, looking at it, it's like, bro, you got to fix that. Yeah. And I feel like with him being 30 years old now, extend that olive branch. I understand the the parent should be the one that I'm just saying if she if he hasn't been putting in the effort. Now, if he has been trying, then just charge it to the game. This shouldn't be no talking on the internet, period. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And then even for, pr- put the pride to the side and fix that shit. Cause I know for a fact, I bet, I bet every dime that I have is God forbid something happened to either one of them, they would be fucked up behind that shit. Definitely. And then what do you leave off? Instagram lives, comedy stand up, you know, oh, you know, if you if you willing to make a 10 minute video about somebody, you want to fix that shit. Yeah. You want to, you're not dedicating 10 minutes to somebody to talk about them to post on the internet if you don't want to fix that shit. Yeah. You'd have something, I mean, for that, like, you have, obviously you have a lot to say. So, Say it to her. Say it to her, you know what Get I'm in person. I mean, and then, you know, when you think about it, it's like when it comes to the dynamic between, like, kids and parents, you know, kids got to look at it from a perspective of, like, you know, they're just humans, too. Like, you know, humans make mistakes yeah, yeah, and definitely. things of that nature. And then our parents, parents, I feel like sometimes I got to look at it like, yo, this is still my kid. So I still gotta handle this with a little bit of you know delicacy. You can't regardless just, of how old they are. How yeah. old they are, you can't just. It's like, a lot of trauma there. You know what I'm saying? You can't just go all in on them. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta you know. You if, gotta peel back the layers. Yeah, you just yeah. can't. Like she said, she said she was like, if we're gonna make an apology, you just can't say I'm sorry for everything. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. I'm sorry for what specifically? Yeah. This, this, like them two have a lot. And I've seen a lot of comments behind it because a lot of people relate to that. Yeah. So a lot of people are going to per- personalize it, understandable, because they may uh, resonate with that directly. Mm-hmm. Understandable. But my whole thing is, for either side, both sides are, in my opinion, held accountable. Monique more so because she's the parent. Yeah. But I feel like even as a 30-year-old man, yeah, you're still your mother's child. But, dog, you got to definitely be the one, in my opinion, to extend that olive branch. Now, if you don't want nothing to do with your mother, cool. Leave it how it is. Some people, you know, they exhaust their options. They've done what they can. But listening and watching that video, seeing his body language, that doesn't look like a son that's completely done with his mother. He just wants her to be more so accountable for her actions. It's two sides to a story. Monique has her side. He has, because even when Shannon asked her, he's, you know, that's a relationship. We're not on, you know, we're not on speaking terms. We That's something that I'm allowing time to let happen. But you can't, nah. You can't always charge shit like that nah, to time. You can't do that. You're, that's essentially taking it for granted. Yeah, and then, like you said, if something happens, you're going to be like that because there's going to be like no closure for you. None. 
None. <laughs> like, uh. think about thinking. I'm pretty sure we all know somebody in here who probably lost somebody, and you know they, you know they, uh, they confide in you, and they just be like, "Damn!" Like, last time we talked, it was on this. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, for one thing, I am appreciative of is the people that I've lost, friends. You know, my sister. I can say that the last time we talked, like, it was on good terms. It was never nothing on, you know, some dumb shit. I'd be fucked up if me and if I lost somebody and the last time we spoke, it was on some petty dumb shit. Yeah. That shit would eat me up. Mm-hmm. That shit would really eat me up. And just seeing Monique and her son is like, bro, this shit ain't worth it at the end of the day. It's really not. <laughs> like, that, that looks like something that can be fixed. And again, if it can't, then leave it alone. But both of y'all are dedicating time to talk to each other via the internet, a third party, when y'all could be talking to each other. And like I said, I don't, I'm only knowing what I'm seeing. It could be layers and layers and pawn layers of what the fuck they've been going through through all these years. Mm-hmm. Monique, outside looking in aftermath, completely fucked up, wrong. So she could be supporting a lot of the things that he's been saying as far as her character, her demeanor, and everything like that. But you as a 56, 60-year-old woman, I'm assuming I don't know her age exactly, you got to really look at that. But sometimes somebody that old is stuck in their ways. They could be. And at that point, you as a 30-year-old man got to sit back and just be like, hey, that's just what it is. It's no malice or nothing, but you can still be cautious. He has a daughter. Yeah, you want you want you, you want your child to have a a, a grandmother a, a grandmother relationship. Everybody does. Nobody y'all might not be on the best of pages. Yeah, like I remember I was uh talking to my homegirls um last year, and you know she wasn't really uh on good terms with her mother and her sister, and at the time I was telling her, you know, hey, like I asked, I said, can it be fixed? And it was, it was like, you know, mom, she just be on both. She just be on sister, you know. I said, fix that shit. Yeah. When my sister passed, me and her was talking. She said, that's, she said the first thing I thought of is when you told me about how I should be with my sister. I was like, bro, fix that shit. Fix that shit, bro. <laughs> like, for real, fix that shit. If it could be fixed. And in the grand scheme, it just be somebody talking crazy to one another or... You know, not really being, a, and, and I get it. A lot of people, they get to a point where it's like, you know what? This person doesn't want to be accountable for their actions. They don't want to change their ways. Cool. Leave it at is. But if it can be fixed, fix that shit. Facts. Rather it be cousin, brother, whatever the case may be. Because, like I said, God forbid something happens, it's going to tear you up. And you're not going to get that opportunity back. Mm-hmm. All you're going to have is the memories. You know, you go into their grave site talking to them, whatever the case may be, but you're never going to get that in-person opportunity again. You're not. Mm -hmm. And you sit back and all you have is to go off, oh, y'all internet shit, a stand-up comedy of you throwing jokes of your last memory of your son. That shit not cool. That shit fucked up. That shit is not cool. That shit's not cool. Drew, what you think about it? You just got to fix that, man. Honestly, that's how I just feel about it. I mean, it's a situation between a mother and a son that the public shouldn't know about, but now we know about. I mean, well, I mean, clearly it's been going on a while, but I just feel like when that, if either one of them, like you said, if either one of them pass away right now, they both gonna be sick. Tomai's gonna be sick. Yeah. So if you know that, fix that shit. 
Mm-hmm. That's where I stand with it. Yeah, the pride, the pride can't, the pride can't get in the way of that shit, man. Yeah. Biggest, that's the biggest thing right there, man. Pride, that's the biggest thing, man. I mean, because it's like niggas gonna stand on pride every single time until they feel like they can't. But niggas will stand on their pride for, for whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No matter what the fuck is you going on. You can't fight that, though. When yeah. when death come, you can't fight that. No. That's going to wipe away all of that. Mm-hmm. It's going to wipe away all of that. How y'all feel about, like, Shannon Sharp getting a lot of heat from people post, you know, these interviews he been doing? I, to me, I think it's kind of whack because it's like, at first of all, this is his job. Second of all, he's not really being messy. He just really just asked the question, and mm. if they, I mean, he's not, he's not like trying to bait them to go like talk about somebody else. No. A lot of these people come there to air grievances out, so yeah. they don't really gotta. They be bringing this shit up most of the times themselves. Shannon might leave, might say a topic, they'll say they'll you know talk to Shannon back, and then within that, then something might you know they might say something. So then Shannon going, of course, you know, say, okay, so what's that? Then they just start, pe- people just start talking after that. He's very professional in terms of his interviews. And um, I think he does a great job of keeping a balance. I kind of look at it like drink champs light. They don't yeah. get too. Yeah, fucked up. Too fucked up to a point where they're like, they're just going off the rails. Yeah. He gives them a sense of comfortability. Mm-hmm. It's it's very calm, chill. He asks the right questions. So I don't look at Shannon as messy at all. Me either. I don't. I think he does a great job. Like so, for people to be coming out now with all this like gay stuff and this, to me, it's just dumb. Everybody's just looking for a moment. Corey Holcomb, like he don't never seem like he ever happy about anything. This nigga, he just seems like a very upset individual. Like mm-hmm. I never see, and I get it. He's a comedian, yeah. but my nigga, you don't. You don't have no positive feedback for anything. <laughs> like nothing. You like he's just always upset and angry about anything, bro. Yeah. And then I seen Eddie Griffin, he throwing gay shots at, at Shannon. It's just like, bro, it's, it's unnecessary, bro. And he just unnecessary. And then he turned around and apologized for doing that shit, Eddie Griffin. So I'm like, all right, man. What are we doing? And then for Shannon, like him and Mike Epps, they made up. Yeah, they 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 piece, piece that up. Yeah. But like even his like his Johnny Manziel interview. I didn't get a chance out, to see that. I saw that. That was really good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Johnny was he, he got you know Johnny was very open, very transparent yeah. with Shannon, and Shannon wasn't trying to like you know get things out of him. I mean, Johnny was very like you know just he just was talking. He was just open with him. He was just open with bro. And it was a very great interview, conducted very well. So as far as him being on some messy shit, I just feel like that's really just like that's really just bullshit because he's really these people it's coming off as hate. It's man. coming off as hate, and these people are really coming there to really talk about something though. Mm-hmm. It's not like he gotta force them to say a lot of this shit. Mm-mm. He ain't gotta trick nobody. Like he ain't gotta get niggas super smacked to get them to talk. A lot of nope. these niggas is just free willing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he just so happens to ask the right questions. But that Johnny Mazzella interview was really good, especially how he was um 
how he was, you know, just conducting it, the way Johnny was very open, mm. the certain questions he was asking. It was a very good interview. Now, the shit was kind of funny because, you know, Johnny is battling sobriety, and why would you offer this nigga a drink? But that's the that's neither here or there. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny, but... But he probably just wasn't thinking, but still, but it was a good it was a good interview. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I think niggas just gotta lay off Shannon, man. Shannon ain't hurting nobody in terms of like he when it comes to toxic media or bad media, he's not in that life for he's me. He's not shade room in the shit. You know? Nah, nah. He's just getting and, and a lot of people they comfortable coming to talk to him, man. That's what it really boiled down to. Like a lot of them are just comfortable to come sit down. He provides them a sense of comfortability and an outlet to, you know, just talk. Talk freely. Kick the shit. I don't ever look at him like no shade room type vibes and none of that shit. Oh, nah, Shane, ain't no, Shane don't get on the type vibe. Niggas be hating. That nigga said uh, uh, that check he got from the Cat Williams interview, though. He said, man, them boys had to bring that shit on the ring truck. <laughs> I know. You know Shannon with that laugh. I know he got that check. Boy, that shit, that shit is like 60 M's up, I think, on YouTube. That's 60, 60 million. I think Monique should hit about 15 M's. So, I mean, hey, man, shit. salute to him, man. Shannon put in the work, man. He definitely put in the work because he's, he's if it was like an artist, bruh got cataloged because he interviews, like, he damn near interviewed all of black comedians. That was one. I mean, he got he rappers got a lot in more there. to do, man. He got rappers in there. He got he got a lot of different kinds of people in there, you know. With but you can tell he got a real sport. passion for it. He did, one thing I appreciate about Shannon and the the the, the uh, guests even say it. He does his research. Yes. So you know he ain't coming up there just to bullshit. He got certain questions prepared. Like Monique, oh Shannon, look at she. like Cat said the same thing. Like bro, like he really does his. But that's the pride with this shit, bro. Like. It's not about just getting on a mic. You just can't get on a mic and think you can talk and do this thing. Like, we in this shit seven years. Like, it's a certain love and pride you got to have with doing this. Can't bullshit you it. just can't plug up a mic and think you about to come up here and know certain way you got to talk. You got to know your research. You got to know what you're talking about, how to talk about it, how to be, you know, engageful, uh, relatable, and all that. And he checks all those boxes. You see it now. There's a lot of people stopping now with this podcast thing. It's a lot of people stopping because they thought it was just an easy thing or a quick money grab. No, it's a certain level of skill you got to have. The love, number one. And you just got to have a like a certain type of integrity, too. Yeah, The real going to prevail, regardless of how many people you got listening. It's something that you really want to do and you want to work at it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take off. Yeah. And for Shannon to already have the platform that he had on top of the skills, he's going to do nothing but continue to grow. But you got to have a certain level of love for this shit and integrity with it. If not, you're just going to fall by the wayside like we've seen over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And another thing with Shannon is the fact that, you know, for him being such a Hall of Famer, a lot of the guests come up there have a lot of respect, respect. For, respect mm-hmm. for him. So... You always gonna get like we really. You always gonna get for the most part the truth. You know, niggas gonna be very upfront with bruh. You know what I'm saying? So it's always gonna be for him. It's always gonna be. You got respect for the guests. The guests have high respect for you. So our conversations are always. None of this shit gonna go off the rails. Is what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? For none of his conversations is gonna go off the rails. He doesn't really. He's not really asking people like these. He's really not asking niggas like no daring, challenging questions. He's, yeah, I yeah, mean, he's yeah. asking, he's kind of getting you sprinkled those questions in a little bit, but that's through him having a conversation with you because, well, through the conversation, 
you have the natural, you know, thought to just, okay, well, you said this. Well, what is that about? Yeah. Boom. You know what I'm saying? So, all props to bro, man. He, he's he's doing a hell of a job. Hell yeah. Shout, shout out to him, man. Shane, keep doing your thing. I wanted to uh, uh, have a conversation about this teacher that, Drew, you'll speak more to this since you, you deal with kids. This teacher been going viral around TikTok. You know, he posts videos of, like, his kids' inability to understand, read, all that. You seen a dude, he be rocking the glasses and shit. No, I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, so he be posting videos about, like, how he mostly be getting on the parents for not, you know, basically teaching their kids, like, some of the basics. He look like he be teaching, like, second, third grade type. Oh, and they can't, and they don't, and they're not, like... They're uh, not really grasping, like, that, okay. shapes, colors, all like oh, That's wow. what he be saying and all this type of shit. And... You know, he be getting negative feedback because some people support it, some people get negative feedback. My whole thing is your content shouldn't be the bulk of them not grasping it. Yeah. The bulk of my content would be the steps taken to get it, what they uh, understood, and at the end result, what positives was taken away. If I'm addressing them not understanding it, I'm going to get that out the way the first five seconds. Okay, my students are having trouble understanding this. Okay, this is the steps that we took forward, rather it be through, you know, um, some sort of activity, some learning, uh, understanding exercise or something like that. I think it's distasteful to put out videos of, you know, your students not being able to understand something, especially black kids, yeah, and putting out to the world because it's counterproductive. It's like- Where, where's, the, where's the end goal? Because- if it's not a round out of, okay, we got to this point, you're doing yourself a disservice as not only a teacher, but also to the students, the parents of those of, of those kids. Not saying that he's putting them on camera, but we are, the teacher's going to, the parents going to know when they see the teacher, oh, like, that's my son's teacher. Oh, that's my daughter's teacher. Bro, the bulk of the content should be you putting in a plan together to help them understand. You got to provide kids grace. Everybody talk about grace, 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 but never doing the shit. We're talking about kids here. At the end of the day, you got to give kids 100% grace because some kids are going to get it right here. Some are going to take this. And then some may take a little bit longer. But they're kids, though. You as a teacher, that's why you're here. (laughs) To help them get to that point. To guide them. and then it, Exactly. It, it comes off as like chastising the kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this kid doesn't know what... It seems like when we take off videos, like you said... It like, seems content over everything, yeah, man. Like, oh, the kid is not grasping this. Oh, well, let me show you why. Instead of, you know, instead of him putting this, he's putting this. And it's like, nah, even like you said, address it within the first couple minutes to just let them know like, hey, my kids are having a difficult time grasping this. But... I'm gonna I'm gonna show you guys how we're gonna conquer this for my students because I want my students to learn this. And you know, it could be, you know, you know, like you said, it could be more on some of the parents to be like, hey, you need to you need to work with your kid. You need to, you know, just stop letting the tablet raise your fucking child, you know, actually go out and be, you know, and actually, you know, be hands on with your kids so they can so they can learn, you know, at a at a normal rate. But everybody, like you said, everybody learns different and everybody household ain't the same. Mm-hmm. You got some kids' parents who really are, you know, with them and very hands-on. And, and others, they, they may just be workaholics, can't be. Yeah, and they might be, and they might not even be like the parents are not like, even like, man, I'm just like, don't care about my kids' education. But like you said, they might be working. They might, you know, be trying to go to school them damn se- the damn selves. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of different circumstances. So to just, you know, kind of throw the 
the kids under the bus because they can't, you know, learn certain things. Like, I mean, there was a lot of shit that I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't that great in school. I mean, I was great in certain subjects, but overall, yeah. I was like probably like a BC student. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. It was a lot of shit, especially in math, nigga. I used to be like, bro, what the fuck is this? Bro? I used to be like, dog, what is this? Yeah. But English was was like, I could, you know, I could read a book. I could write, you know, the paragraph on the book, tell you, you know, mm-hmm. give you the main highlights. I could, you know what I'm saying? So that 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 comes easy. But like certain subjects for kids, man, that shit is hard, bro. Mm-hmm. Drew? It's quite simple. Like... <laughs> Put the damn phones down. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's no need for this. Like, it's no need to shame your class yet also students on social media. Like, if if the objective is to reach a child and teach a child, why do you need to post on it, the internet? Jesus Christ didn't have social media, but he he reached millions. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's it's a <laughs> The accreditation or like the need and want and thirst for attention is just disgusting. Yeah, I mean you're doing this shit for attention, bro. You the objective is to teach these fucking kids. You're not posting just child doubling, uh, like reading on a, a high school level. You know what I'm saying? You're shaming this child essentially. And granted, yeah, the parents should be doing better. Yes, it's on the fucking page. It's collective effort on both 100%. Parties. But it, it starts on social media, bro. You don't need to have this on social media. But if that's the butt of your joke or the butt of your content, bro, you're trash. To me, personally. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's it's healthy for no, nothing. Like, yeah, I mean, what are you really trying to show? We know that the grannies are raising kids. We know this. We watch you on social media. We see how you live on social media. We see you don't have your kids. It's okay. We get it. But also, I hope behind scenes you're doing your job. And it's clearly there's people not doing their job. That's clear. That's evident. But to post it on internet, I have a different feeling about that. That's just me personally. Okay, so I got to ask you guys a question. You know, how would you describe your experience in public school, wherever you have, he was in Charleston County, wherever, as far as people actually caring, you know, people actually trying to, like, teach you things, like, what was y'all experience like with that? Like, what grade? I would say, I would say elementary school, since we're talking about elementary, elementary school. Good. Um, I did, I did elementary school K through first grade in New York. Uh, and then second through fifth down here, both were good. Honestly, I I don't have nothing bad to say about any of my teachers. It's not a teacher in my past that I look at and be like they didn't care. Um, all my teachers I would say was they wouldn't let me skate because they knew I was they knew I was capable of better. See what what really deterred me? It wasn't the work; it was me getting comfortable. So, like, for me, the first half of the year, I would knock shit out, like, A, Bs. Then i get comfortable. Yeah. So, my teachers, they would be more on me. So, there was a time where my mom would have thought I wasn't grasping it. No, I was bullshitting. Yeah. <laughs> I was bullshitting. And my teacher wouldn't, my teachers, I could say my elementary school teachers wouldn't let me bullshit. I remember when I got put in um in gate in fifth grade. Where? 
So I got put in gate in fifth grade, and one quarter I had like a 55 or 60 some shit. But that was just me bullshitting, yeah, straight bro. up. Yeah. Like, my teacher knew I was better, and they demanded. So there wasn't a time where I could say that I looked at it like my teachers didn't care. I didn't experience that. I know there are some teachers out there who really don't care for their students to get better. Like, if they get an average, let's say they just get an average class of a certain grade, they're okay with that. Yeah. They don't really care to look at the ones who got the Ds, 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 the CCCs, the child. But like, hey, like, each student is different. So like if you like if I got a D on a test, my teacher knew for a fact, Michael, you could have did better on that test. And I know I could have did better because I probably didn't study for the shit. Yeah. It was just all about applying myself personally. All right. So for me, I went to, you know, James Island Elementary School from first grade to fourth grade. Mm-hmm. For me, Charleston County School District at that time. A lot of them t- schools didn't give a fuck, bro. There was like I had like my first and second, my first and second grade teacher, Miss Welch. Mm-hmm. She cared. She was cool. My third grade teacher did not give a fuck. In terms of what? Give me an example. Like dog. Like when I mean to say like, like if I failed something, she wouldn't even like try to say you could do nothing. None of that shit, bro. She just let me fail. Like she would just let like there would be no like trying to help me, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I wasn't really looking for help neither because, bro, I ain't gonna lie, I almost failed the third grade because of, like, Pokemon Gold and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I almost failed the third grade because of that shit because I used to play that shit every single day, bro. And I used to turn the volume down. I used to turn the brightness down. And I used to play that shit. I used to try to beat that shit every single... I'm talking about, dog. But the thing is, I was failing classes because of that shit, dog. Mm. Like, I remember one time I was so deep in the trenches with that shit. I had a whole book report, nigga. I had to finesse a book report on the day of, dog, some Robin Hood. I ended up getting a D on that shit, but I'm in third grade, dog. Mm-hmm. And, dog, uh, like, but they didn't care. Like, they didn't even notice. Like, I didn't start off good neither. Like, I started off because I think I got the game during the summertime and mm-hmm. I just played, like, the, if niggas know, you played the gold. I mean, um, you played the yellow, you played the blue, and you played the red. Yeah. I beat all them shit in one year. Crazy. And I played in that shit all in my desk throughout the whole fucking school year. And, I think she even saw me one time and she just looked at me and I looked at her and I just was like, I don't know if she was going to take the game or not. And she just like, well, such and such. I'm like, shit, okay. Like, dog, she just didn't care. But thing is, when I moved to uh, when I moved up here and I went to Dorchester County, they was not having that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? So they just wasn't letting you fail. They wasn't letting me fail. Like, bro, and, and I'm trying to tell you, bro, in James Island, when I was in, like, third grade, dog, I used to take the bus, the bathroom pass. I used to take that shit, and I used to just walk around. And just walk around to be gone, dog, and then just come back. That's crazy. <laughs> like, dog, certain teachers cared, but there were some teachers, bro, that just, like, my third grade teacher, I vividly remember, bro, she didn't give a fuck, bro. It was me. It was my nigga, um... It was me and it was Grant. It was fucking Curtis. It was James Island. And I promise you, I don't think we really, we barely, we all barely passed, bro. We all barely passed because we all used to do the same shit. We all used to just take the bus, the, the bathroom pass, and just walk yeah. around. But in Dorchester County, I tried to do that shit one time. These niggas hit the intercom. Market store and replace port back to the classroom. I'm like, oh shit, I can't shit just different. do that shit. I can't just do that. These niggas actually care about us. Yeah, shit different. 
Yeah, that shit was crazy, dog. Some teachers are some teachers can't be teachers. You gotta have a love no. to want to teach and, that's and make your think- students better. Like, yeah. if you, if you if a student has a fifty five, you shouldn't just leave them with a fifty five. Talk to them, something, get them tutoring, help. Yeah, that's what you I'm just saying. don't just don't leave them, you know, with the fifty five. But yeah, my experience was in elementary was different. Drew. Definitely different. I was in the sticks of North Carolina, so it, it it was much different for me. But I mean, I, bro, I I honestly feel like I mean, even in that market, I mean, you saying you're playing Pokemon all day, like that's not on the teacher, that's on you, bro. Like <laughs> that's you doing the shit, bro. But also, like for me, I know if I if I didn't do right in school, I'm getting my ass cut. You know what I'm saying? That so, too. That was also like a, a initiative of like, yeah, I'm going to do the right things in school because one, good grades going to get me what I want. Two, if I act up or, or be dumb, I got to deal with that. I'm shit I'm about to deal with that one hundred percent. So, <laughs> like, I wasn't. It was always in the center too to get good grades. Right. It was, you know what I'm saying. So it it was never in my mind to not listen to the teacher or follow directions and shit like that. And yeah, you know, you have your days that you feel like school and then you have your days you don't and sometimes you want to rebel. Consistently you want to have those good days 100%. though. 100%. Yeah. I was a truant my third grade year, bro. I vividly remember that like I was trying to do work and then I don't like I saw like I remember one time it was just always math, bro. Math and science used to just fucking kill me, dog. Mm-hmm. Math and science used to murder me every time. And I like, I remember half the year, I just kind of like gave up on fucking math, dog, in fucking third grade. I don't even like, and, but then, you know, um, that's when survival instincts start kicking in because I'm like, okay, yeah. I do not want to feel the third does. grade. So, so, uh-huh. so I got it together, like probably like the last month, month and a half, I got my shit up together. So I got like a D. I got like D's and C's and I passed them and they passed me and I went to the fourth and then after the fourth I got good grades after that though. Once I transferred, uh, once I transferred uh, school districts, I started getting E's and B's up here. You know what I'm saying? Because I really had no choice and like you said, you had to folk like they had to, they you had you had to like you got to switch to that mindset, yeah, they, bro. You had to get po- serious. Yeah, they forced you to focus. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, oh. and and I think as you get older, a child know when they bullshitting. And for me, like that fifth grade year when I was in Gate and I had that one quarter, because like, again, not killing shit, got comfortable, got complacent. Now I brought home that 55, that quarter. Mom's is on you. She was on me because they bumped me up for a reason. So she wasn't going to allow me to just struggle out and fail out for some Hell no, not for that. She was like, no, they put you here for a reason. And then you come out and now you're getting comfortable. That was just always my problem, bro, getting comfortable. So like Drew said, like a lot of the times when it come to it, it's the kid know what they're doing. I can honestly say it wasn't nothing my mom wasn't doing. It wasn't nothing the, the students, I mean, the teachers wasn't doing. It was more so on me. Like I knew better and then I would just get comfortable. Like so... Seventh grade, they did the same shit. I was in regular classes, boom. They boomed me up to advanced classes. You know what I do? I kill shit, get comfortable. Teacher got a call. But when when it was me get the com- getting comfortable and just being a class clown. Yeah. That was main that was mainly my issues. It was the, the, the comfortability and just being a class clown. So it wasn't necessarily the work. I just didn't like doing the shit. It was easy it was easy for me to understand. I just got to a certain point I was like, man, I can I used to think like, oh, I can pick it up on something else. I can make that up. I can make it up. But it got to a point 
teachers, hey, you're not going to always be able to keep making it up. And they would have the real life conversations, but like, hey, when you get in the real world, you ain't going to always be able to, oh, I can make it up on this. I can make it up on that. So that was really my issue. Killing shit, knocking it out, then get comfortable. But if you out here killing shit in the real world and you get comfortable, bro, that moment you getting comfortable can fuck you up for a long time. You can't you can't do that. You see what I'm saying? So I think it's a collective effort on the teachers and the parents to own it. it they're a child. They can't they can't get there by themselves. So it's a collective effort. But you as a teacher putting that shit on social media is 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 counterproductive. You might see the hands, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. If you was a parent? Fuck yeah, bro. I hear my child here struggling. Like and I know my child voice, bro. <laughs> nah, about that good. Nah, we're not doing that. Like, and how, how are you even getting this shit off? You know what I'm saying? Like, how is the school? It gotta. It needs to start to be a a, a sense of like, hey y'all, like some type of censorship. You feel? Yeah. Like? I mean, I mean, even for me, I, there's a release for like we have just to post pictures in on like in the building. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't going on social media and shit. It's just we gotta release it. Even have it up on this. You know, in the, the school. In yeah, the yeah, schools, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I get it for that purpose, but my nigga, not on social media. Like, I'm not trying to. It, it it should definitely be a censorship. I feel that would eliminate goofies like him from this whole thing because ultimately, if, if the end goal is to educate the child, social media doesn't need or the influence of social media doesn't need to be present. I feel. I agree. It just doesn't need to be. Like, if that was my nephew, I'm definitely feeling some type of way. 100%. I'm like, no, nah, bro, I got to get my sister 18. You got to go talk to the teacher. Like, because I don't want to be the one that had to do it. Like, that's fucked up because it's, and ultimately, you just hurting the child. Yeah, mm-hmm. the day. You ultimately, and I, I can't, with social media now, we're just in a society where people, it's just content over everything. Mm-hmm. Content over everything ruins a lot of things, it ruins the experience. Who's to say that child get older, the internet's forever? Be like, damn, bro, like, I just wasn't grasping it at the time, and you gonna go put me on blast on social media? And granted, like, he's not showing the actual students, but again, no students gonna know who that teacher is. Yeah. Like, nigga, I was in that class. You I bugging. remember this day. I remember this day. Like, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And it's like, bro, like, you thought I couldn't turn good. around and do that to my child or my niece and nephew or my if that teach if that child becomes a teacher, yeah. I couldn't do that. It's yeah. a certain type of calmness you got to carry with children in terms of the learning curve yeah you can't you gotta be patient that's why you're a teacher they hire you for that and then that's fucked up because like that kid has a bad experience with a teacher now his experience in school may be a little bit like and what if they just genuinely not getting it but they trying that happens yeah like you could be trying and you just cannot grasp it you as a teacher gotta provide them a an environment where they're comfortable you got to tap into something yeah you got to tap into something that will help them understand. Everybody has a different methods. Like, <laughs> funny, I, I remember when I was watching an episode of Hey Arnold, and he had a tutor, a student. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't get it in math. He could not get it. But he he was like a bully, too. Yeah. So when he caught him outside one day jacking up a, a, a student for lunch money that he owed, he was like, bro, you got it. He's like, what you, what you talking about? He's like, bro, that's it. That's math. So when they got home... He put together a formula when it came to students and lunch money. Yeah. That helped him understand math. A student is going to get it unless they completely just can't get it. 
but they're gonna get it. You, it's on you for them to help help them understand. Like, okay, what are the interests? Okay, like whether like teachers even back then they teachers did it with us. Whether it be uh candy, whether it been a, a toy, a, a TV show or something, so a teacher put something together to help you understand how to grasp something. Yeah, yeah. Or just the famous, hey, if the class gets an average of such and such, we get a pizza party. Nigga, that used some sort of incentive bro, to help that them used to make get it. Because a lot of times the kids yeah. are just lazy. Yeah. But if you have a student or a couple of students who can't grasp it, like we talking about shapes and colors, my nigga. Like, come on, bro. You can you can get a you can get somebody to to like you know. But that I mean, shapes and color goes as far as your beginning of your sponge, bro. So that's two Facts. years old. Yeah. So it's one hundred percent on the on the, the parent. on the parent. Yeah. yeah, at that point, because those simple those simple things of even nursery rhymes, it matters. Mm-hmm. It it can take a child a very 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 long way to just those simple things, but again. It starts at home, bro. Mm-hmm. It definitely starts at and home. And if you know they don't have that guidance at home, yeah, I mean, and it's 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 literally put a, in the work, put in the extra work. But you put on social media, ain't doing it no justice. It ain't gonna do because I'm gonna tell. I I know for trust me, this is not to absolve the parents. Your your child should definitely know that at a very early, early, early age. And I think it was more so more than the shapes of color. It was some other things too. Because again, I think this is third and fourth grade. Yeah. So at a certain point, of course, as you go up in grades, you start to learn more multiplication, subtraction, yeah. division, whatever. Uh, like you say, your English writing, it, it becomes more more advanced. Mm-hmm. But this is a thing that has been talked about in the black community as far as black boys not being able to read on a fourth grade level. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Crazy. Like that's that's, that's crazy. Like, that's crazy. And reading is so so important. That's why for me as an adult, I've I've gotten back into reading because that used to be my thing. But I also had an incentive behind reading for me. Yeah. It was the AR, accelerated yeah, reader. Yeah. You know, getting points. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you how I'm gonna tell you how I was a funny ass kid. I'm gonna tell you what I used to do. So there was a time where we used to split off and go into certain type of subjects. Yeah. Science, reading, math. But it was it wasn't a regular class. It was looked at as like a uh a certain group. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't counted as a grade like on your report card. It was just a certain group of settings. Mm-hmm. So I remember one time, man, I thought I was outsmarting the teachers, right? Mm-hmm. They never caught on to the shit. So I was like, oh shit, if I go to this math, I can go into reading next. So I can yeah. get up my reading points. Yeah. Nah, I ended up going to science next. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get yeah. into the reading. Yeah, yeah. So I that that allotted me more time so I could get my accelerator because you would be able to go to the, the library yeah. and do your thing, get the accelerated points. But I also reading for me just came naturally. Yeah. Sounding out words yeah, came that, to me naturally. Facts. That that had to play a part with my mom and my dad. But just me sounding out sounding out words, a teacher, I remember I was in first grade, a teacher put a word on board and I got it off the rip. Mm-hmm. I already knew how to say it. Yeah. But that has been a struggle for us. I've noticed a lot over the years, yeah. like us not being able to read at a certain level. But you gotta, you gotta work with them. You have when it comes to reading, you got to put in the work with that. Like you can't just be dependent on the technology with this one. Now you gotta take it back. Like, hey, grab a book, grab a book, take them to three the library. Books, you know, four books. You're, you're gonna get it. Yeah. Cause you have no problem doing that other stuff, yeah. So you are gonna learn how to read it and read fluently. Yeah. So, but just to see, 
that be a thing, you got to be more tapped in with these kids when they come to reading, bro. Yeah. Like, if 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 I ever was to find out, like, my nephew was having... No, nah, bro, we getting into it. We going to the library. Yeah. Straight up. We, we going to get, gonna get this right. The library. I'm taking, you know, one of, you know, God bless when I have kids and they get, you know, of age, I probably might be three years old, two years, maybe two or three years old. I'm taking them to the library, bro, because that's how I was brought up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I used to go to the county library a lot. Um, That's really how, like, as far as reading is concerned, that's how I was able to just grasp right. it so easily. You know, and a lot of kids don't like it, but it's necessary reading out loud in yeah. front of the class. A lot of them they might feel embarrassed because, in, but you got to get to a point where you got to be able to like. I used to get upset when my teacher used to always pick on me to read, but I get why she did it. But you have to get the other kids comfortable enough to do that because if you're not gonna be, you're gonna have to. It's gonna come a time where you're gonna have to do some type of form of public speaking. Yep. So reading out loud is a stepping stone. Yeah. It, it's, it's 100% a stepping stone. So whatever the parents are not doing, like, bro, you cannot have your child out here not being able to yeah. read at their grade levels as they continue to get up. That's un, it's unacceptable. And then it's like, you know, when a kid reads out loud and he can't read and kids laughing at him. a cruel. And then so, you know, that puts a whole different type of, you know, you know, a whole bunch of uh, different type of pressure on him. Yeah. That maybe he just, or her. Or yeah. her, that they just, you know, haven't been able to know how to, like, man- uh, maneuver through. And that's kind of hard, man. I mean, just for me, I just, ha- I was, you know, English, like I said, was always just a thing. Yeah, that forte. Was, yeah, it's just yeah. my forte. I was just very easy. That was just easy for me. So reading out loud was just, that was just natural. Like, my mom would make me go and, like, you know, hey, Marcus, go, um, Go read, you know, this magazine. Go read CNN or some shit like that. We'd be like, my mom would have to. She might go do like run errands, or my mom might be getting her hair done at some. She'd be like, go and read whatever's on the rack. So shit, I used to just grab like a, I might grab like a CN, like I mean like a Time magazine or, or you know, they might have a Jet or Essence or so. Yeah. You know, it would be times my mom would have something planned for us for the weekend, but we wasn't going out until I had like an hour of reading or some shit. Yeah. Or after, it'd be like, yeah, we could go do this when you get home. Grabbing that, yeah, you see what I'm saying. So it it was just when I don't know how they are doing it today. I don't know if accelerated reader is a thing. If they got a new name for it, but that used to be a big thing for us as kids. It was an incentive yeah. to read. So it made us want to go to the library, like bro, like at that time, like bro, from like '98 to like '02, bro. You being an accelerated reader and being a top dog at that shit was like a a big thing. It was like winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. That was a big thing in public school. I mean, so, like, you really was trying to, it, it's funny saying it, but you really was trying to outread other kids. But in turn, it was just, it was a great turnover as far as the, the results. Yeah. Because you had kids wanting to read, wanting to engage with each other. Mm-hmm. Then you go, you take the test, you get your, it was just, you just got to have some type of, I'm not saying they always got to be rewarded, but you got to have some type of incentive behind kids gotta, wanting to read. Because some kids, like, are just naturally may not be in the school. So, you got to get, you got to Kind of like damn near trick kids to get in to to, to get into school. And some teachers are good yeah, at that shit, yeah. and some parents are good at that. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed you know getting those coupons to go to Pizza Inn. Oh yeah. man! Oh my yeah. goodness! Another bro. memory unlocked. Facts. Pizza Inn. Yeah, yeah, yes sir. But see, businesses like Pizza Inn used to be tap into that, yeah. so they all you know give yeah, you, yes, give it was you a that sponsorship one hundred percent, and I think it's you know. Businesses should tap into situations like that to help promote 
You know, Reading. something. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's yeah. incentive, man. We need that. We need that shit, bro. Like, we used to see it, all the sponsors our schools had. Our, our school was hit, uh, Vazoli's. Vazoli's. Yeah, they were sponsoring Pizza us. Hut. Yeah. Bro, that Pizza Hut, you wanted that Pizza Hut coupon, bro. And they gave you, you like wanted a metal, that shit. A metal. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that, yeah. Oh, Spelling Bees? Bro, if you won, you got to go to ye old fashioned. You didn't think I was trying to win that shit? I won that shit back-to-back years, nigga. I was trying to win. And then I remember fourth grade when I lost, nigga. Like, it, Math Wizard. I still got two of my... I still got to find them. I still got two of my um awards for Math Wizard. I never won one. I think one year I came in third. One, when you go up on the stage and they'll flash the cards and you got to... It's, it's, you, it's, you, like you like Drew said, and like you said, bro, you got to trick them into... Well, like, being a Math Wizard, you wanted to be a Math Wizard. You wanted to be on top of reading. Like, they used to put those things in motion. Like, but that was a, a strict competition. Mm-hmm. Niggas was trying to win that shit, though. Niggas was trying to be the math wizard, bro. You get up there and you got to say, and they answer that shit before you, cook. You got to get back to the drawing board. Like, damn, bro, how the fuck can I get that equation that fast? Then you look to your left and they get that shit. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. Competition is different this year. This shit ain't that easy. And even with spelling. yeah, Spelling and reading go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, it do. But I'm not the best speller, though. I'll be honest with you, bro. No, no, I, I know, but it, it just it helps also in terms of sounding out words. So, yeah. So then when you put it in a sentence, it just, it just all I was always good with spelling, but the only thing I would say I had an issue with, but I got better with was um was all, like my writing for one, and then sentences. Yeah. Like actually forming the sentences, my yeah. punctuations wouldn't be in the right spots yeah. as far as commas. Michael, that's a run-on sentence. You can't. Yeah, can't do that. You yeah, can't do that. That fucked me up a lot too. The, yeah. The, the, the actual technicality of just like the technicality of actually yeah, writing commas yeah. in certain places and shit like that. Because once it got to like once I got older and we got to like actual reading and comprehension, that was just like. Yeah, like what? Do that what, with my eyes closed, bro. I, I got a brain fart right now. What's the one with the with the uh, with the semicolon and the comma? Well, it had a certain name for it, bro. Uh, hi- hypercolon? Oh, maybe I might. That's probably. I, I can't. I can't remember the name of that shit, bro. But that shit used to always fuck me. Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck is this shit placed right here, bro? But yeah, so I th- I just think if you if you have a certain love and and pride of being a teacher, bro, bro, don't don't be on that type time, dog. Yeah. Don't be on that type time because it's only gonna derail. It's only gonna derail the student, and that ain't gonna that ain't gonna look good for you. Because you're going to have a, a classroom full of kids who failing. Yeah. And it, I salute all teachers. I tell them, anytime I come across a teacher, like, especially the women, because I, I I can honestly say, like, in my lifetime, I probably dated and dealt with women mostly who are teachers. Yeah. And, man, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And you got a type? I don't think it is. That's just naturally what it is. Anytime I come across them and I ask them their profession, they be teachers. <laughs> Real shit. Like they be te- That's not my type, though. It's, it's not. Like, uh, nurturers are your type. Man. Having a professional type, I think, is kind of... <laughs> I don't know. He likes nurturers. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I've mostly dealt with teachers for some reason. I don't know. Um, but I just think being a teacher is, is definitely not an easy thing. But if you're going to get into that field, you got to be in it 100%. 100% because it's not nothing to play around with. Kids are the future. You're prepping them for the world. When you get 60, 70, and they 40, 50 years old or whatever. You're going to have to depend on them for something. You're going to have to depend on them for something. Facts. 
One hundred percent facts. <laughs> and if and if these niggas don't know how to do shit, man, the world is gonna be fucked. Yeah, the world is steadily. If we talk about this shit all the time, especially with technology, the world is steadily advancing every single day. Who's gonna be behind these machines putting all the shit together? These these kids. You see what I'm saying? Engineers, they're the future engineers. They're the future mathematicians. They're the future architects. They're the future doctors, nurses, surgeons. They're the future of that. It's on you to prepare them for that, bro. Like, no, it's not going to be a smooth transition either, but hey, man, just got to do that. That's how I look at it. So uh, we also had some new music drop. Um, Kanye West dropped Vultures. Been having some damn clearance issues in between time because every time I go back to the fucking I'm going to just go buy the shit outright. I ended up buying it outright. You know, there's always, you know, when the track is not available, that shit get the gray yeah. on Apple Music. So um, I think it was a good album. It's very, very good. The production is A1. Um, Him and Ty Dolla Sign, at first I was scratching my head like, him and Ty Dolla? But, man, Kanye, he knocked it out the park with this collab, I will say. Um, very good. Um, do it. I love do it. And that just goes to speak about how, you know, we talk about sampling. That's how you do proper sampling, bro. He just didn't rip back that ass up 100%. Like, he yeah. incorporated into the beat. It was like a build-up. That's what makes him such a genius. It wasn't just, oh, we taking back that ass up. We about to rap over that shit like how these niggas is doing today. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Nah, he wasn't He wasn't doing that. But, man, Voltage is a great – it's a great piece of work, man. It's a great piece of work. Um. Kanye just continues to, when he's tapped into his musical bag, man, there's nothing you can say about this yeah. dude. I love Keys of My Life, Pay, you know, Back to Me, Shout out to Freddie Gibbs. He killed that track. Yeah. Uh, Paperwork, Burn, Fuck Something, uh, Carnival, and I'm not a Playboy Cardi fan. Actually, his last couple features on Kanye album, he's been killing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not... I'm, Off the grid? Yeah. I give Cardi his props. He yeah. did that. But I just... I can't look... I can't listen to him individually for a full album, bro. I mean, it is kind of an inquired taste, I will say that, because, you know, the. I mean, the, you fuck with it, but as far as, like, an older generation, like, it is... I mean, because I really didn't like a whole lot of Red, but Die Lit was tough. That was the album before that. That shit was tough. And the last couple of songs he coming out with, I I, I fuck with. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I like the old Cardi. I like when Cardi was on like awful records and shit. But um, but I still fuck with his music though. But yeah, every, the, the last uh features with him and Kanye have always, you know, it's been tough. And man, Kanye always tapping in. I think Kanye's he's kind of like uh trying to figure out like. What what kind of stage is his career right now? You know what I'm saying? Because he's had so many type of, you know, stages in his career and, you know, where he's at in his life is always kind of reflected through the album. So, you know, what would you kind of categorize this stage as for Ye? Like, you know, because, I mean, musically, he's always going to be, like, you know, relevant. I think he's at a stage in his life where he's just... Very reactive. Okay. Very reactive to uh, everything. He's challenging a lot of shit. Way more than he was when he first came out. Yeah. Way more now. He's way more vocal. Yeah. And I think that's due to his status. Um, No, of course, he was going through the divorce with Kim. He got a new wife now. So 
creatively, it's reflective of the time as well because he be having her in some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as it's far a- as the music, the music continues to be. Uh, he hit a point in time I, around that 2018 time outside mm-hmm. of Daytona. I'm not revisiting none of that shit from 2018 from Ye. I think that was a low point for me in his career. Okay. Um, that was especially around the time where he was, you know, dealing doing with the Trump shit and all that other shit. But Kitsy Ghost not visiting that. Ye not revisiting that. Uh-huh. Um, Tiana album was good, but I felt kidding. The Nas shit definitely not revisiting. Definitely that. not revisiting that shit. Um, but Daytona he did great work. When Kanye is locked in, there's nothing you can say about him as far as production point. The raps were even good. Um, and he bounced back with with um, Donda. Yeah. I, I can honestly say he bounced back with Donda off that 2018 time frame when he was putting out work. Mm. Um, that album definitely grew on me over time. Off rip, it was kind of like, eh, but man, that off the grid is amazing. Life of the yeah. party, amazing. Uh, do what you say with the Lauryn Hill flip in there. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Kanye, he's just always going to... But he said it back then, when around graduation time. He's like, bro, when you go back, you look at my music, it's going to be reflective of the time and the sound. Yeah. But you can always tell when it's Kanye produced, mm-hmm. with also with it being the time, w- because it makes it timeless. Yeah. Graduation is timeless. Late registration, timeless. College dropout, timeless. Like Donda, it can... When you go back and you look at 2021, 2022, off the heels of COVID and everything that's going on in the sound, it's going to resonate with Kanye West production. Yeah. It don't sound like nothing else. So I can say he's in a time now where, of course, you didn't get as soulful on Donda and that because his that was his that was his lane when he first came out. Yeah. But, man, when we crossed over into graduation, when we crossed over into My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, it's like, who... It was literally like who this what is this nigga? Yeah. It was just so amazing. And it was just the way he structured songs, the way he pieced it together, and that's that's what I got from Vultures. I mean, I even one I it's not on that level, but just in yeah. terms of him putting in the work and his beat construction and yeah, everything like that. Yeah. I think one of my favorite Kanye albums on the on the real is like Life of Pablo. Life of Pablo is a very good album. Listen, album very lot, good man. album. Yes. This is a great album, actually. Yeah. Life of Pablo is a very good uh I mean, oh, No More Parties in LA. Waves. Uh, real Friends. Yes. That's probably my real that's probably my favorite track on there though. But again, that's him getting in his mode. When he's in his mode, he's good. That 2018, he wasn't in his his yeah, he, peak. Was, he was on some bullshit. I mean, they had a lot going on, like you said, around that time too. He did. And especially off the heels of that Drake beef, and mm-hmm. you know, nah, twenty eighteen, I scratched that off when it yeah, comes to him. I but. can't think of any. Well, because he had Kitsy, Ghost, Yay, Tiana Taylor. I mean, did Saha drop that year? No, he didn't. Okay, I'm tripping. What did he drop? Like twenty nineteen? No dope on Sundays came out. Or- no, no dope on Sundays was twenty eighteen. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm okay. wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah, All right, it was so yeah, he got so he got two in there. You know him and Pusha. Then Tiana, him and Cuddy, then him solo. Then he did the gospel album. I fuck with the gospel album. You did? Yeah, I fuck with that shit. Oh, okay, I didn't like it. I fuck with uh, I like fuck uh, that follow God. That that's my shit on there. Okay, okay. But um, I think with, with Kanye, man, he just got to continue. I don't want to hear about him outside the music. I stand mm-hmm. on that. Because any time, it's nothing positive. 
It's some bullshit. Yeah, but shit, man, if if you peep what he doing with his clothing, though, like, he got everything on his website, $20, like he said he would. Oh, he did? Okay. Mm-hmm. But shit, but he, 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 I mean, he, I seen some report where it seemed like he made a bunch of money, then I seen some report where it seemed like he losing money, so I really don't know what's going on. Well, it probably cost him more than what he, what he paying, what he's, uh, what he's putting the price tag on. But if he was doing that to kind of his heart, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Kanye, I can't even say Mike. He probably is the most influential rapper when it comes to fashion all time. Yeah, easily. That's so it don't matter what he put out, the shit going to move. Yeah. Just to see, did you see that little video? Him walking through different phases of his albums? Yeah, I seen that. You seen that video? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just look at how he dressed. By the time we got the Mar Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, it was something different for real, but it was still influential fashion. Mm-hmm. When you first come out, it's the polos, the backpack. You see what I'm saying? Like and then you see his like it's a it's a, it's a trend, it's an evolution. Yeah, through the different brands. Like I know Ada Waste and Heartbreaks. Like I can I like I can even like kinda identify like even like through like the sneakers, like the Jordan, like the Aqua Eight was definitely like the graduation. Like of course the the first Yeezy, no matter of fact the Yeezy October was like my beautiful dark tisted fantasy era. Uh um, they just had the twelve year anniversary for uh Yeezy two drop. Yeah. Twelve years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. So damn, it was in twelve years. Two thousand twelve. I remember when the first ones came out, bro. That was a nine. Yeah, the four first ones was oh nine, and then the second one was like oh twelve. Was two thousand twelve. Um, but when that first one came out, bro, I remember I went to uh Titanic and I seen a nigga in line standing in line with them shit. I'm like, bro, that nigga got them shit. Cause I didn't know where the fuck to get them shit. I wasn't that tapped in. Like I knew something, but I ain't gonna hold you. 2010, 2011, I didn't know where the fuck to get some Yeezys at. Like I wasn't eBay savvy or even buying sneakers online. I was and then still social local media shop. wasn't that like I tapped. Yeah, yeah. I was still local. Now shop. you getting all type of alerts. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But there was niggas who was savvy enough. There were there was niggas. Who was driving to Charlotte? Niggas who was driving to Atlanta. I knew niggas who was going to uh, even. I think maybe even Columbia might been. I don't mm-hmm. think maybe. But I know Charlotte. And, I knew niggas who drove to Charlotte, Atlanta to get those Yeezys, and a nigga who drew to Jacksonville. Yeah, but niggas just an amazing artist all around. Yeah. Amazing artist, bro. You got to think about it. From music production to his raps to his clothing, excuse me, all of it. Just embodies who he is as a person. And me personally, with yeah, it's like dog. Niggas talk about everything, but like to me, I'm like dog. This nigga really raps good, bro. Yeah, like, he's a great rapper. That nigga is a. But I he's an like, elite rapper. Yeah, I, that's why. But I feel like some people don't really kind of. Well, because of the ghostwriting shit, but I don't care about that shit. But even that, or just like they feel like maybe he's more of like a songwriter. But man, that nigga just that, that nigga got like some he got bars. The, he got bars. Like bro, I was listening to the, um. Go hard, like maybe a week or so ago. I'm like, bro, this nigga smoked this shit, dog. Bro, Maybach music. He smoked that shit. Diamonds, the original version. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, go hard. Um, dilated people's. What's the name of that? Oh, uh, I can't. Live my, I yeah. can't. Yeah, that. Oh, he got so many slum, memorable slum verses. Vi- slum village, selfish. Selfish. He got so many memorable verses, bro. That nigga really getting his bag for a click. That nigga could really rap. Yes, rap. he could really rap for real. Like he's a real rapper's rapper. Yeah. And I just think with Kanye, man, he just I just don't want him to get so engulfed with the bullshit, bro. Like, we got enough of that already. Yeah. I just want him to get to a place of consistency with that. Like, 
I don't want to hear nothing about Kanye West and negative for five years. Yeah. That's impossible. It's probably impossible, yeah, but that's what impossible. I would like. Just, I just wanted to kick back, do his fashion thing, do music, and just be calm. You remember them couple years when Soldier Boy was just quiet? Yeah. And he came back 2019? It's like, damn, bro, like this nigga really was quiet. Cause remember, he was he was wilding yeah, the fuck out. He was wilding the fuck out. Yeah. But he took like a year and a half, two years, and he really was. We didn't hear no type of controversy. So remember, it was like every week. Yeah, he was. He was in some shit. That's when the whole uh, um, what that nigga, what that nigga was like. Uh, what do you say? I'm from Fruit Town. Fruit Town. Yeah, Bob yeah, yeah. Bob, that nigga, get the fuck you, buddy. Get the fuck off of me. Nigga. And this nigga just was quiet for a whole year. Yeah, guys. I would love that for Kanye West, bro. He's he's a natural disruptor, bro. He's he's naturally gonna disrupt. It don't matter what the fuck, whether this is a fashion. Of course industry, he's the poster child music. for Gemini's along with him and um they put Donald Trump in Donald the Trump and it was him, Donald Trump and somebody else. I can't uh, remember. Who uh it was. fucking Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks a Gemini? Hell yeah. Yeah, we get all the crazies, but I mean, fuck, Yeah, it is June seventh in this bitch, nigga. I don't yeah. Most creative though. Yes, a lot the of best, a lot of a lot of creative the motherfuckers. Best rappers, that the best rappers, the best, just the best entertainers. But no, we really, got the best everything. But really, we got the greatest rappers though. All the, the your greatest rappers, nigga, Biggie, Tupac, nigga. Some niggas, athlete goats are in there too. Iverson, you know what I'm saying? Like we 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 and, and then and then you know because how they carry themselves. You know, what I'm saying my nigga AI was a. You know, we you know we we carry on different personas. You know, some Gemini's are like the Kendrick Lamar's, and some niggas are like the you know the Kanye's, and they the, the AIs. Then you got real Prince. rock stars. You know what I'm saying, Prince. You know what I'm saying. We got big personality. Andre yeah. 3000. Yeah, but he's a quiet dude. You know, Jada Kiss. Jada's one. Yeah, it may. I think like May 22nd, May 23rd. Okay, yeah, because Biggie is is one too, and Tupac. You got yeah. Tupac. Yeah, of course, Pac. Uh, Ice Cube. Yeah. Kodak. Oh shit. Kodak. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that one. Yeah. It's a it's a lot of names in that Gemini tree, bro. It's a lot of names for real. Like I get it, but some some of them don't got Donald Trump don't gotta be the poster child for Gemini's, bro. Come on, man. Hey, speaking of him though, bro, I was watching the interview. I was geeking one night and I was and I was watching the interview and he was talking about John McCain. He was like, John McCain, the only reason he's a war hero because he got caught. I don't like my war heels getting caught. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. You're going to talk shit. Hey, bro. And that shit he did with that commercial he did with Joe Biden when he went, when, like, it was like the El Dog. Dog. Donald was crazy. You know, he just got, he got hit with that. Would he owe 320 something million or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Get hit with that fine. He ain't going to jail, though. I knew he wasn't going to see no jail time behind that shit, It's bro. like him and Nikki Haley going out. I be seeing a bunch of Nikki Haley commercials trying to shit on Trump. She's not going to win. Hell no. I told I told, I told, told one of my partners, like, bro, we have a black president, but no offense. You know, shout out to all the women. I love y'all. I have a deep respect. She ain't it. But women, uh, there's, there, America, this male society, especially in the Western, uh, uh, you know, in, you know, the Western civilization, we will never have a female president. It's just not going to happen. Before I ask this next question, y'all think our Western civilization mindset really is that different from the rest of the world and it holds us back? Damn, that's a good question, man. That's a good question because I feel like there's definitely parts of our our, our, our way of thinking that is fucked up, but I feel like there's also a good way of our thinking that 
the reason why I guess I guess for America freedom why, for freedom and you know why we're such a strong nation and in the military and you know all this other shit. But as far as you know, for us, I'm just for, talking mostly socially. For socially, um, I mean it, it it varies because you know Americans can be you know we come off very cocky, very brash. You know, but that's the one thing that people overseas kind of love about us. But at the same time, you know, they hate, they hate, they hate that at the same time too. But we are a little, but you know, overseas is very more open to things well, because, right. because it, they experience so many different types of cultures. You know, between us, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, you know, between us, my nigga, like we, you know, we're in South Carolina. We're going to see black, white, Mexican. You know what I'm saying? Depending on certain parts, you might see maybe a little Indian because I lived in West Ashley. So there was a, a little Indian community there. So, you know, you see a little bit of that, but, you know, unless you're in, like, New York, unless you're in, like, New York, L.A., you know what I'm saying? Like, even those are kind of, like, separated, like, 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 you know, like, Chinatown, Little Italy, uh you know what I'm saying? Shit like that. But when you go overseas, it's like, you got Jamaican culture, you got, you know, I mean, we have, like, I mean, you know, just overall island Caribbean culture. Yeah. Then you got your African culture. Then you might have people who, you know, who migrated from France. And also, you know, you just get a, a worldly view and you're able to see and talk to different people from very different walks of life other than yours. You know what I'm saying? Um, and just, I even felt that on a small scale, just me moving from South Carolina to Virginia at one point in my life. I never had Filipino friends. I never had Asian friends. I didn't know anything about none of that shit until I moved up there. I, you know, so depending on where you at is only really what you're gonna see. Um, and it, you know, for us, especially in America, it's still you know very segregated. You know what I'm saying? As far as you know who you you know, and then socially who you interact with and shit like that, you're gonna just find more of a maybe more of a vast you know, speaking to a vast amount of people mm-hmm. when you're over on an, another side of the country because you're going to be able to meet, talk, see new yeah. people. So you can't be ignorant. You know what I'm saying? You can't be ignorant I, I so think, fast. I think with us is we definitely have some things that we could be better, at, especially when it comes to food. Yeah. Um, There are certain countries who don't even allow certain things that we eat over in their country. I'm, like like when I'm talking down to like types of cereal, uh, type of candy, Put all type of shit. Like, they don't allow certain, some of the shit that we eat here in other countries. Like, you know, that thing about America being the most obese and all that yeah. other shit. Like, I think with us, it's it's a positive and a negative. Like, when, when at the end of the day, when it comes to America, I get it. We get a lot of flack for being cocky. But a lot of people is running over here. Yeah. I'm not saying people aren't leaving. But I... Because you can get your escape here in terms yeah. of your wants. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? A lot of countries, you can't do certain shit. Like, me and you probably can't do this podcast in another country. Definitely not like Korea. You get what I'm like saying? Hell no. Like, you just can't get up and go to the mall or something mm-hmm. without worrying about a tank rolling down the road or some yeah. shit. Or, you know, just go go get anything. You got to go through some type of third party or, you know, you they got different types of leadership, d- dictatorships yeah. in certain... You know, you're censored in a lot of countries when yeah. it comes to certain shit. I, I don't see my... We're... Everybody got their shit, but our shit ain't as bad as I think others make it out to be. I could be wrong. Like I said, I haven't been to all the parts of the world. Um, there's certain places I want to visit, some places I really don't care to. I know certain countries, they don't got to worry about crime like they got to worry about crime here. Yeah. 
they don't have to, there might be certain countries, they don't even got to worry about gun violence at all, period. It's not a thing. Um, when it comes to us, that's a big negative on us, I will say. Yeah, everybody. It's, it's, every, the, gun, it's yeah, the gun violence, man. Thing, the school yeah. shootings, public shootings. Yeah. We are real bad with that. Um, socially and culturally, though, man, we, I seen a white dude talking about, man, when it comes to all the types of music, black people created that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, when it comes to our, the way we talk, the way we carry ourselves, the way we dress, you know, the way we, I mean, even down to black Americans. Yeah. See, as a kid, I didn't really see it as that. As I started to get older, especially into my 20s, mm. it's like, damn, bro. Like, because I was like, man, you black, you black. And we are black. But when it comes to creation of things, dog, we really had to really start distinguishing, like, what, like when Fat Joe was getting on the whole thing about yeah. rap. Like, bro, black Americans started rap, bro. I mean, bro, you could trace rap back to, like, James Brown and... You know, you could trace that shit back to, you know. It was like when it was skip music. Yeah, skip, you know. You know what I'm saying? That was a form of rap. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think with us, our mindset, you I mean, you take the good with the bad with everything at the end of the day. That's how I look at it. I mean, yeah, you take the good with the bad. Um, For the food. um, Shit, we be killing that too. Yeah, for the food. But I ain't gonna lie, man. When it comes to food, I got a, I've got a pretty wide palate. So I, I'll... I'll um, depends on wh- where we at. I mean, if it's rice base, then I'm a fuck with it. You know, I haven't had rice in a very, 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 very long time. For real? Mm-hmm. God damn, bro, I love rice. I have to stop myself from eating it so much. I have to start to limit myself. I know I limit myself to like <laughs> maybe two times. Like this, bro. I don't like go lie, bro. I could eat rice seven days a week. That's crazy. I could eat rice. That nigga love some rice, I could boy. Eat chicken and rice. I could eat fucking. Okra and rice. I could eat shrimp and rice. I can eat egg and rice. I can eat. Fruit. I'm more of a roasted potatoes type of person. Man, I fucking love rice, bro. And then, and then, you, and then you can, and then like what, 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 what? But certain, you do a lot of things with rice. Yeah, but then like certain cultures, like Indian food, their rice based dishes be banging. Like Nigerian food, their rice dishes be banging. You know, well they have jollof, but um, you know, all you know, I say you know for Americans, you know. We get that though, you know. I say we we do get that. I do see people, you know, they are open to shit like that. But mm-hmm. I would say just in our, on our in our way of thinking, I mean, we do have like a you know, as we are Americans, you know, we cocky. We we do have like a soldier like mentality, you know, because we are like, we are the takeover. We 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 take over shit. You know what I'm saying? That's what America does, whether if it's through entertainment, through music. Through culture, we 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 pretty much like take it over, and you know, black people, you know, black Americans are, you know, as far as especially entertainment, you know, entertainment, really, fashion, fashion, all that shit. But just really, just honestly, in general, because even if you want to break shit, even down to like food and yeah, you know, like shit like that, like bro, we, we shit wild. So how y'all feel about Trump at the sneaker con and dog getting him them sneakers, man? Man, niggas I, bugging, I, man. They tripping, niggas bugging, and that's and the sneaker trash. Shit. Sneaker trash. Shout out my boy Greg. I know I ain't had a chance to listen to the episode yet, but I know my dog gonna have he he gonna have some uh comments as regards to that one. But uh like, but I heard when I seen this shit, I just started laughing, to be honest. Them shit sold out. And I know dog caught some heat for it. I seen him before. I think his name is two two J's. Yeah. Two J's kicks or something like that. But um Then they had the, I, the, the sneaker trash, bro. This shit trash. Drew, you seen him? The gold shits? Unfortunately. <laughs> what you think of what y'all think about that shit, man? I'm sure whack. Garbage. But I mean 
Trump know what he doing, man. The nigga try to he try to he, he, he he's playing exactly he's, he's playing doing. he's playing in people's face, dog. Like exactly what he's doing. He's playing with the niggas in their face and niggas eating this shit up, and that's the crazy shit, bro. To even go support this shit, bro, it's just nuts, man. It's but it's a horrible sneaker to me, in my opinion. Um, it's classless, man. Like it has no class. It's just that sneaker's like a fuck. That sneaker's like a campaign fundraiser, bro. Like he know better, dog know better, and he's a predominant name in the sneaker culture. He knew better than to do that shit. But But that boils down to some people got a price, Mm -hmm. and the price don't even got to be money. It could just be the exposure. To to some people, social media currency is is more valuable than money. Their currency for them is the social media engagement and the exposure. But I can't see myself doing no shit like that with Trump, bro. But don't you think in the in the long run that's going to affect him even more, bro? Like the dude, yeah, or Trump, the dude, probably the, not. Do you don't think so? You think people will still fuck with him? Probably. I mean, because honestly, yeah, even the dude, they yeah. one of the dudes I was with him was like, "Yeah, man, I got on." I'm like, "Nigga, you look like you cooning right now, nigga." <laughs> like, come on, bro. And then the sneaker not even fly. Like, it's it's not it's not it's not hard. It's a fucking gold titanium sneaker, bro, with a T on that bitch, dog, and that shit sold out. That I shit think ass. how much they're selling that shit for, like three hundred? I don't know, bro. Like, the shit ass though. All in all, though, the shit ass. But see, the guy who the, the dude who's prominent in the sneaker community, he's probably gonna lose some people, but he's gonna gain a lot more people. Probably Trump. So it, it don't matter. But in the long run, they ain't gonna really fuck with him anyway. They only will fuck with him off the strength of Trump. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? True. Like, when you get back to really how you really got to be, are they really going to still be by you? Probably not. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah I had to ask about that one because that shit was fucking insane. It's I'm like, nigga, that's what we doing now? But, I mean, when there, there was some, there was some another person on there, too, who was prominent, man. I think he's like the Benji Kicks dude. Benjamin Kicks? Yeah. He sells sneakers, though, don't he? Yeah, I think he was there with him. Oh, okay. He could have been. Yeah, I think you. I, I mean, who wouldn't like, t- anybody who's predominant secret culture who wouldn't take the opportunity to get them was and they white. Yeah. So it's like, but see, two J's is Puerto Rican. So it's like that's even more crazier. He probably identify. He probably identifies himself as a white Puerto Rican. <laughs> For real, you know them boys. Yeah. That's fucking insane, bro. That's that's fucking insane. But mm. when I seen that, I'm like, okay, bro, like. That's what we doing now, like. Is that is this where the sneaker game has 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 came to, bro? It's not even no need to even be talking about the sneaker game in terms of what we see wrong with it. Anything is allowable now. Anything is allowable, so you cannot be surprised at anything in sneaker Crazy. culture no more. You cannot. It's twenty twenty four. That shit been sales since twenty eleven. For me, uh, honestly, so that's then, when the shit really like started to make the turn. Was yeah. twenty eleven? Like at that point, you couldn't really complain about that. Niggas fighting, um, backdooring shit. Uh, what niggas would be willing to do? For, oh, that shit been sale. We thirteen years deep into it. Prior, when it was just you know, when it was really just uh, just down to Nike Talk and all that shit. And this was coming from a nigga who really wasn't ingrained in Nike Talk back then. I was just a nigga just trying to get sneakers. Yeah, that's you said, I wasn't really having a conversation on. I wasn't on Nike Talk. Yeah. I knew about it, but I was just a nigga who just wanted to get the flyest sneakers. Right. When we get into 2011, 2012... And then you see the releases for the Concord. I think the Concord release was the checkpoint. Yeah. That was the first checkpoint. The second checkpoint was All-Star Weekend 2012. The phone After that, anything... Oh, my bad. My bad, y'all. After that, everything was just open, 
open season for anything to happen. The foam galaxies, the concords. That was 12 years ago, yeah, bro. That, 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 so that, at that point, you can't see, be surprised to see anything that's going on with this shit. You can't. Yeah, bro. Like me, like I, I went against my own shit to try to fucking get the, the, the uh, to catch the shock drop for the, uh, the bread for re uh, reimagined. Yeah, didn't get. I thought you got them shit. I had got them off goat. Got them off goat. Okay. So then the re- the actual release date comes seventeen because I want to get two pairs. Yeah. I've been saying that since the pictures first came yeah. out. I try to get the app another chance. Failed you. Failed me again. Damn. Twenty minute delay. The first the the shock drop twenty five minute delay. So you 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 set me up for a twenty five minute L and then on the actual release day. This shit, no, I'll never download that app again. I promise you that. I'll never download that app again. But is you can't be... I'm, am I surprised? No. no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Because you know what my first checkpoint with that fucking app was? The Travis Scott Mocha ones. And that was 20, what, 18, 19? Yeah, that shit. This shit was so there. fucked, Mark, because they said my card was, information was wrong. The shit was so fucked. They had me going back putting in card information. So now, you know, they, they so-called updated the app. So now when you know you go put in for a sneaker, you know, they say, oh... Exclude uh, like getting rid of the bots. Yeah. You're in line, waiting in line. You can and they'll have the shit pinned and all. Back then, you had to really keep the app open. Yeah, nothing changed though. Everything is still the same. So when I see niggas doing goofy shit, I just put that in group with everything that's going on with this shit. Yeah, I put it in the same group. I feel you. Damn, man, and it's so crazy, man. Cause but that like, Trump shit is just nasty. I'm not surprised. Man, the sneaker game just is, is, is like... It just is what it is, is at this is, point. Is, that's why at this point, you just kind of got to get what you like. If you like something that's hype, um, you know, you can go and always, you know, shoot your shot, you know, best of luck. But, you know, at this point, man, I'm just going to get what I like and, and, and not give anything away because I was big on, you know, selling shit back then and giving shit. But now I'm just get what I like and just keep it because at this point, dog, it, it's like... And, I'm not going to pay a certain price for a sneaker no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not getting my head bust. I'm not getting my head bust, but yeah. if it's if if it's within reasonable range, I'll yeah. come. Yeah, like like if I can make reason of it, then yeah. yeah. But some shit. I, I seen know. Barkley CB34 is going for like 300 dead stock. Shits that we used to get off discount. Yeah, see, you know I got the white the white pair. I'm talking about the black and purple yeah. pair. Yeah, yeah, 94s. Mm, three. If you really like those, I could kind of understand. But nah, I ain't gonna lie, bro. Like I, I, I gotta get them for like at least two. I'll do two fifty. I'm like, nigga, that's a sneaker we get in the hundreds. Yeah, or I even mean, less. I mean, like one, you know, because <laughs> I, I had the purple. I I paid one seventy five for mine. Okay, they came right back out. I paid one seventy. That's good. So I was, but if I really wanted them, two fifty is the most I go. If I really wanted, yeah, them. we I talking, really about, we talking them. about three, four hundred range, bro. Space Jam Elevens is is going for five hundred, six hundred dead stock. Which year? Which one? The ones that just came out with the 45 on the stitch. So you can only imagine how much the 2011 pair going for. Yeah, that shit is cooked. That's two, I, that's that. 09 pair, actually. That was the 09 pair? Yeah. Damn. And the last the, one, they the did a great yeah, job. The quality, 09, yeah. the quality is real good. Like, they've been... I'll give Jordan one thing. The quality over the last seven, eight years has been very, very good. That tumble leather shit that they did. With the four? With the 11s, with the, with the gratitudes. Oh, the, the gratitudes. Yeah, well, I call them the DMPs with the gratitudes. Yeah. Real good job. The fours, yeah. good. That tumble leather shit has been amazing. Yeah. Even when they did it on the ones, for like the Royals and yeah. the Reds, uh-huh. on the check and all that. Yeah. The tum- They've been knocking out the park, but certain prices, you got to sit back and be like, bro, should I pull the trigger? Nah, I ain't going to do it. You got you to gotta fight that urge, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you, because... A lot of this shit is coming back out too, bro. You know we 
for our generation, we're crossing over into that that range from when that generation before was crossing over in the 2010 and 11 for shit re-releasing. Yeah. They was getting the shit 2000, 99, 98. Yeah, yeah. For us, we was getting the 2010, 11, 12. Yeah. Now we look up, it's like, damn, bro, this shit coming back out again? Yeah. This shit is going to continue to rotate. I'm not mad at it, but it's going to continue to just come back. So you ain't really got to reach. Yeah, you're, you're always, they'll always... Because uh, me and my homeboy was talking about that shit. He was like, bro, they always going to be there. Yeah. You know always what I'm saying? At this there. point, always it's gonna always going to be there. Yeah. How do y'all feel about Jeezy's Tiny Desk performance? <sighs> I, I see a lot of that reaction. I think it's more so with the crowd. And some of the songs need that bass, bro. Some of the songs need that bass. Some of the songs you cannot... Now, some of the songs, they killed it with strings and, yeah. and all that. But some of them, you need that. The sound ain't going to really hit yeah. like that. You need that. When you talk about a trap bass. rapper like Jeezy... Some of them beats probably ain't fitting for a tiny desk setting, and along with the crowd as well. Nah, they got a bunch of look like a bunch of like students, like a bunch of young. Like, bro, you need to do that with some. If our generation was in there, it probably would have been different. I mean, or just better yet, do that shit in Atlanta. Do that tiny desk in Atlanta, and the natural Jeezy fans who really fuck with that shit will come there. But that's kind of like Jeezy did some shit like that uh, before, though. He had an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, if I think for the Thug Motivation One on One, I think I forgot which uh, certain rappers. It just depends on the sense that him doing that, like Scarface Tiny Desk was amazing. Yeah, that was fire because of his his beats also yeah. was you know you can get that real life. Jeezy, I think he killed some of those, and then some of them it was like it was a mixture of the beat along with the crowd yeah. engagement. You know what I'm saying? But all I did see that reaction from some people like it was eh. See NPR. Jeezy ain't bringing them niggas out they test. You know what I'm saying? Like, Babyface, he brought them out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand this is NPR, the organization staff and interns and shit that's yeah. in the crowd. That's I don't, the crowd. they don't, uh, they, you're right. You are right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, not right. going to be niggas get buying a ticket to come watch yeah. this shit. Yeah, yeah, you, know you can't saying? get a ticket yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah like yeah. you, so again, so the type of energy that's going to be there. It's gonna kind of be based upon like uh, juvenile. He brought he brought them niggas out there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. But Jeezy, I guess they you know they really ain't fucking. And the, and the sound sounded like, real good. Yeah, it did. Juvie songs. Yeah, because nah, for real. I always felt like Tiny Desk is more fitting for R and B artists. Yeah. But see, even when even when you watch when you watch uh, Tiny Desk, they don't really show the crowd as much. No, nah, they, they don't. Show they don't. Jeezy. No, yeah, they like always on focus Jeezy on artists. On, um, on Juvenile. Yeah. Juvenile, they showed a lot. Like, it was a lot of engagement. A lot of engagement, the, yeah. Showing the crowd and seeing, like, the fucking the media pit and stuff like that. So it was yeah. a little different for Jeezy, I feel. But I also think, like, the beats, like y'all said, was just... Some of them we could have just did without, but... I, I think for, for what makes a great Tiny Desk is for the artists when they have, um like... Good instrumentation on their records, you know, before you get to the, you know the actual, you know, doing the, the actual doing the tiny desk. Like, you know, back that ass up was a song that you know people played at, you know, colleges played at, you know, battle of the bands and shit like that. So certain songs are gonna sound better with live instrumentation than you know, you know, other certain artists. Like we was talking earlier, certain songs for Jeezy, yeah, some of the strings were hard, but there was some records that, bruh. You need bass. You need that shit to hit. You know mm. what I'm saying? That's where you really get that that feeling from it. You know, and you know, like Juvenile, Juvenile got a bunch of songs that you could do live instrumentation to. You know what I'm saying? The slow mm. um, rodeo when they did on NPR. That was that, amazing. I was like, that was amazing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. 
because you know you could do live instrumentation with a record like that, but Jeezy records is too, it's too much eight oh eight. It's too hard. You know, it's just too much eight oh eight. Exactly. It's, too much uh, it's, it's only so much you can. You're gonna have to have the the actual uh, speaker in there to project, to, to really to yeah to really feel yeah. It, it can't be just one hundred percent on the band. No, nah. it can't be because some of them songs like imagine top back at a tiny desk. And and the only thing they got that is, ain't really gonna know, hit. And for the real, only for thing real. they really could do was the the horns. The dun, 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 dun. That's the only thing. But you're not gonna get that when that shit drop. You're not gonna feel that shit. It's not yeah. gonna hit the same. I feel you, dog. Definitely. So shout out to Jeezy, man. Everybody was anticipating it. I I thought it was still good overall, but I can understand how people really didn't really resonate with it like that because I mean. Jeezy got some of the hardest beats ever, bro. That's what I'm saying. You need that, yeah, that, that, that bass, that knock, bro. Man. You need that knock, man. So um, we had the uh, Super Bowl happen also over over our uh, little hiatus, a little week off. Um, Patrick Mahomes, man. I didn't go against him, and, you know, he proved me right. Uh, just shout out to him and the Chiefs, man. They did out there. They did what was supposed to do. It wasn't easy for them, though. No. The 49ers kind of had them. It was a defensive battle for mostly the first three quarters, mm-hmm. dog. Like, niggas didn't really start scoring TDs until, like, late fourth. And then, of course, we get into the overtime. But shout out to Patrick Mahomes, man. Highs and lows, man. He just got through it. Third Super Bowl title in six years. Third Super Bowl MVP in six years. Um, shout out to Andy Reid. Shout out to Travis Kelsey going out on a high note. Um, I thought it was a great Super Bowl. Yeah, a lot of people if they're not into you know football for real, they're gonna oh man, this shit was boring because of the defensive battle. But that's what football is also, man. It's just not all about scoring a whole bunch of points. But I thought it was a great Super Bowl. I thought it was a great. I was engaged the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I got nothing to say about Patrick, man. He's he's still chasing Tom Brady to me, and he's the only one ahead of him. Yeah, as as far as it, it, this, yeah. there's no as far as today, he stands alone. Yeah. So when we rank quarterbacks, we got to put him by himself, and then you could put number one, Lamar, Josh Allen, Burrow, whoever you want to put one, but he sits alone. Yeah. He sits alone. Top of the mountain. Top of the mountain. And it's it's so he has the greatest start to career like we've ever seen in any sport. Like, he solidified – I mean, he solidified himself to me last year. And you know what's so crazy about all the Patrick Super Bowl wins? They all come from behinds. Yeah. All of them. His first one against the 49ers last year against the Eagles, and then this one against the 49ers. The guy is just yeah. – and this is arguably his worst team. That's all I was about to mention. In his career. Like, you might not ever see home field advantage again coming out the AFC, barring any catastrophic injuries. You get what I'm saying? Like, Patrick has defined all the odds for all his Super Bowls. He did it with Tyreek. He did it without Tyreek. Then he did it again with MVS as his number one receiver. Then one of them, he did it on a bum ankle. That was last year. Yeah. Yeah. That was last year. So he's, I don't know, some niggas is just the anointed one. He's just the anointed Generational. one. Generational. Yeah, he's just. Two more, man. Need two more. Need a man get like two more, bro. But do you see Do you see people wanting to go to the Chiefs after seeing back-to-back? Why wouldn't they? It That's just depends on what point in their career. Yeah. yeah. Damn, I know Tyreek probably like, I got one, but. He happy Damn, with his one, trust me. Nah, he ain't this nigga down here wilding Miami, bro. Yeah. He's happy. Damn, trust yeah. me. You know, he wilding. He wilding. This nigga had what three kids in one year by three different women. He's living his best. Yeah, he's living his best life, getting paid. 
no max money. So and he's gonna retire soon. When his con he said when his contract is up with Miami, he's gonna retire. And he's gonna get into uh video gaming professionally full time. So hey. he's doing but Patrick Mahomes, man, as far as his legacy, cemented. Mm. Anything after this point is brownie points. He got has nothing else to prove. They say he couldn't win on the road. He beat every big dog on the road after the wild card. He beat Josh Allen and the Bills on the road. He beat Lamar Jackson on the road. There's nothing else you can say about the dude, man. He's cemented. For this generation, man, he's the greatest. I mean, it's just where he's... Oh, he's going to be it, a lot of people's it, goat. Yeah, it's just when it's all said and done... Where is he gonna? Is he just when it's all said and done? Is he gonna be above Tom or not? That's yeah, the only thing. That's the only. That's the only thing now. That's yeah. it. And I mean, salute to him, man. I got no words for him. Another amazing performance against adversity. And that's the thing. You ain't always gonna go twenty five for thirty three, three hundred yards, four touchdowns. You're gonna have some struggles. Like he was getting. There was a lot of punch in that game. Yeah, he, but they was finding a way. And they was just fine. They kept chipping, chipping away, chipping away. Um, Forty ers You know, they put up a good fight. There was opportunities for them to win. I'm not going to get on Brock Purdy for real. I think he had a good game. Yeah, he did. He had the best game against that Chiefs defense than mostly uh, outside of Josh Allen. He had a better – and for Kyle Shanahan not to know the fucking rules, y'all – y'all, y'all crazy. Intended. First of all, I'm not buying that because even if you didn't know, everybody can hear the ref at the overtime session, what the rules were. Yeah. Game is over unless – I mean, game is over barring a defensive touchdown. Outside of that, if the team scores, you got another opportunity to score. Yeah. They thought the quarter was going to be over. Bro, the Super Bowl doesn't end on a fucking tie. No, nigga. Or you go, no, they still, they still have an op- – and they still had an opportunity to score. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, it still was going to be another quarter played. Nah, nigga. And Patrick Mahomes has the ball, nigga. This shit is over with, dog. Nigga walked off with a tutty. This shit is over with. This shit is not, nigga. You ain't about Love to that get- for him. You ain't about to get that. Three Super Bowl rings, man. Three Super Bowl MVPs, man. Big up, big up, man. But one play I did. Oh, my bad. Another no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I one day I did see. I feel like the Super Bowl didn't even have to go into overtime, though. They tried to force that shit to Kels to get the touchdown, and Rice was wide open. That's why he was fucking cutting up. Oh, that's why he was cutting up on the sideline. I did see that. He was wide the fuck open now, but they wanted to give Kels the, the game winner. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's his best target. That's who I'm going to go to, too, in that situation. It was two niggas but on him. But he was open. It was two niggas all, on him. As long as that nigga covered them two touchdowns, that's all I cared about. Oh, he was Oh, That nigga was going crazy. Like, that nigga was going crazy. Yeah. If you better, if you better on um, Travis Kelsey, you definitely, you definitely. Uh, he didn't score a touchdown in, in the Super Bowl. No, I said throwing. Oh, throwing. Yeah, yeah. He covered. Yeah, he covered that. Yeah, he he was, covered that. That boy had, like, what? How many? I forgot how many catches he had. Didn't need it. As long as you got the TDs, that's it. That's all. I was, I, I was, a, I, I had a feeling it wasn't going to be a shootout. Yeah, yeah. like it, it was going to be exactly what it, what it looked like and felt like. Yeah. And also, it was like I was only catching the shit, like in between layovers. So, I, I, I really didn't get to really fully watch the game. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. What y'all think about the halftime show? Didn't get to see it. Shout out I to saw, Usher, man. So it was good. I, I think a lot of the women are disappointed in the in the halftime show, but I want I want the women to understand this is not a concert. He has a certain time that he got to be within. This is not him getting up there for a full two three hour set. So songs are going to be played for fifteen twenty seconds before yeah. he moves on to the next one. That's just how it is. Um, all I thought it was a great performance, bro. Mm-hmm. Salute to Usher, man. Like he still got it, dog. That nigga ain't lost a step. He doing his thing. Um, he performed all the songs that. You know, that I thought he would, and some of them 
you know, I appreciated him performing. I thought it was a great performance, bro. I got no complaints. Man, my homeboy, because we was having a conversation, he just was, he always wants to bring up Chris Brown when it comes to Usher. He was like, man, he'll dust that nigga in the verses. Or, man, if he was that I'm tired of having that conversation, too. Me, too. I'm just like, dog, just, like. Let uh, it go. Let it go. Like, just relax. Like, every, everybody's great. I'm just tired. I'm just tired of niggas always doing that comparison. Everybody's great. Nah, he's, they're, they're generational talent, yeah. you know what I mean? But I wouldn't want to see them or put them up against each other. Usher had his time, still has his time. Chris Brown, same. So. And then with it been being two generations, and I'm like, dog, with Chris Brown, when it came to putting out music, he had a way different, it was way different than when Usher was putting out music. Like, Usher, we had to, he was working you know, primarily under the old way of how records get put out, mm-hmm. CD, do in stores, all that blah, blah, blah. You know, Chris Brown, you know, he caught the tail end of that, and then he came into the streaming era or, you know, really like the the, the, the mixtape era, per I, se, because, you know, even a song like Deuces, that came off a of mixtape. I had Usher on cassette, nigga. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, Chris Brown got way more music to, to, to pull from because he comes from that era of putting out a bunch of music. Mm-hmm. So, definitely had that shit on cassette. Yeah, man. Salute. Commercials was pretty good this year too. I ain't gonna trip. Yeah. That Christopher Walken uh, commercial was probably one of my favorites. That was a good commercial. That was a good commercial. It ended up with us. She's like, "Don't you got somewhere to be?" That was a good commercial. Um, like, I ain't gone back and watched nothing from the Super Bowl. Like, you gotta check out the halftime show. It was good. And then I've only, enjoy I've only seen like what Twitter put out a little bit of it. But I just been, bro, it's because I was literally also like, red nigga was not feeling good coming back from um, St. Martin. Yeah. That damn Casamigos was on my ass. Oh, brother. Yes, sir. Lord of mercy. Don't do it. I'm telling y'all, international, do not do Blanco Reposado. I mean, Blanco uh, Casamigos. Don't do it. Do the Reposado. Hey, man. PSA. So then also we had All-Star Weekend, man. Um, Listen, man, I I, got to get this off. Um, I'm sick of the NBA players. At this moment forward, I am no longer pro player. I am pro owner. (laughs) I'm dead serious, too. I'm dead ass. I am pro owner. These dudes complain way, way, way way too much and it's getting to a point now I understand there can be a level of balance and I'm not even against the players having a little bit more power they're abusing it now and this all-star weekend performance was one of the worst ever and for y'all to get all the lean you've been getting over the last five seven eight ten years since Adam Silver has been commissioner it's getting to a point now. Like, you can see that Adam Silver's face is like, he was so disappointed. You can't even put on a show for the fans this weekend, and then you're going to come around and tell us you'll play better if you're paid more. No, you won't, because a lot of y'all already getting sentenced for just being selected. So you're going to play in my face and think you're going to play harder by getting more money? No. And see, this is why they have the 65-game rule, because y'all was abusing load management last year. You wouldn't have a 65-game rule if you wasn't abusing it at the level y'all was abusing it. Now you can't even put on a a show for 72 hours for one weekend. 
You got Ant Edwards going out there shooting left-handed. Luka Doncic, he get the ball in bounds. He shoot it from way back. Come on, bro. And I'm tired of y'all using the injury excuse, too. Nobody in the history of the game has gotten injured for real. Nobody's saying you got to pick up somebody 94 feet, bro. But just go out there and put on the show for the fans, bro. Y'all always say it's about the fans, the fans, the fans. Until when we speak out on it now and we don't know shit. Hey, man, next CBA owners, put the hammer down. I mean, I stopped watching at halftime because I was like, damn, this nigga's got 100 already. I'm like, damn, these niggas got 100 already. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm cool. Like, these niggas putting more effort in open runs in the all-season. Yeah, than playing on the all-star game. And it's like, bruh. So I feel like certain niggas don't need to be in an all-star game. I feel like niggas like Joker, you could be selected like Joker and Luka. Like, no, but they need, that's a problem. They need to be there. But they don't never take the shit. Like, I feel like foreign players don't really take the shit seriously like fucking American players, dog. Like, I feel like they never really have. Like, honestly, because their main focus is, I guess, maybe team. Or maybe I'm just talking out my ass. But what I've seen throughout the years, them niggas don't be really giving a fuck about that shit, dog. Them niggas really don't. And if you go back, you look at whether maybe they're not all-star game players. You know what I'm saying? Like a Tim Duncan or, you know... I, you know, a Tony, I mean, them niggas really don't be... I thought they still had like the that. format, but they should go back to the target score format they had 2020. Yeah, that was I a like great that. game, yeah. even though it ended on a free throw, but they need to go back to the target score. I think yeah. that... But you don't play in my face and tell me that us, uh, us meaning the NBA, paying y'all more money is going to make y'all play harder. No, it's not. Y'all already getting... We talking about NBA All-Stars who are also all NBA players who are... So on average, a lot of y'all are getting 35 to 40 million a game and a lot of y'all already get incentivized again for being just being selected. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that you getting extra bread is gonna make y'all play hard. You playing in my face. Yeah. Nobody asks y'all to go out there and play crazy ass pick up 94 feet defense. Bro, just go out there and put them some effort. But they do so much complaining, bro. Like y'all already are getting a lot. You got NBA guaranteed contracts. And the only reason why you got the 65 game rule against because y'all was abusing. Just sitting out national televised game, you abusing low management. We ain't see Kawhi Leonard low managed all year. Oh, no. Outside of the little ductor shit he had in the hip earlier, this nigga been playing all the games. Yeah. But it's only because you had to force a man here. Adam Silver got to go again into the all season and address shit going forward. Yeah. My my thing is this: either get rid of it or you affect the playoff standards in some way, shape, or form. But don't tell me paying them is gonna make them play harder. No, you're playing it. That's that give a mouse a cookie shit. Yeah. You give a mouse a cookie, he gonna want this. Like, no, bro, like, us paying y'all is not going to make y'all play harder. And then, and then They talking about, I don't know what we can do to make the event better. Nigga, play, play better. Play better, and then... Uh, it ain't on nothing else. You already have everything in place. All we just need y'all to do is act like you give a fuck. And then, you know, I know they have a lot of, you know, responsibilities as far as, like, you know, because, you know, motherfuckers is probably doing shit around All-Star Weekend, interviews, certain things like that. So maybe people might feel like, oh, by by, by Sunday, we kind of just chilling, retire. But at the same time, dog, like, I get that. But you're still here to put on the show for the fans because that's what y'all all cap about so much is we're doing it for the fans. The fans deserve to see a show. But my nigga, y'all, nobody's playing defense. All niggas. And that's the crazy thing. All-Star games, well, All-Star weekend in general, but All-Star game, that was a time for the niggas who f- maybe may not get, like, a bunch of TV time. 
like to show out. Mm-hmm. So if you was in, let's say, you know, you played for, you know, I don't know, the Portland Trail, whatever the case, I don't know, whatever its case may be, you might not be getting, you might not be in those big media markets. The All Star Game was a way for you to kind of cross over into those media markets, whether it be the dunk contest, whether it's the All Star Game, whether you had a certain sneaker that came out, or you know certain things. So I just feel like All Stars kind of lost its its kind of its mm-hmm. luster when it comes to things like that because. You know, the dunk contest has already been shitty. You know, it's been good since, you know, Zach and Aaron. Um, the I don't know why y'all be forgetting about the 2020 dunk contest, bro. Which one? That was a great dunk contest. Derrick Jones and Aaron Gordon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Aaron Gordon got robbed of that one. Yeah, I remember that one. Yes, okay. that was a that, that great was a good one. dunk yeah, contest. Yeah, that was a good dunk Because that's when he did the uh, – the, the, was it he did the between the legs shit, right? Three sixty. Yeah, three sixty between the legs. Yeah. All right, that was a good East one. Bay dunk, the reverse three sixty yeah. through the leg. Right, Derrick so, Jones. But you gotta think. All right, from so from twenty sixteen to twenty twenty. We've had probably that was four years. Yeah. And then after twenty twenty to now, that's another four years. Ass. Yeah. You know There's no consistency. There's no you know You getting motherfuckers from the G League to perform in the dunk contest. Jalen Brown could go to hell. I mean, dog. Jalen Brown man, can 100% I, I go to hell. You, I feel you, but dog, at least he's actually participating, bro. At least he actually was like, you know what? I'm going to go and sign my cousin, me. Marcus, no. It was a piss poor performance. It was a poor performance. Then I give it Brown to you. Shit, you playing in my face. Right. You should have even had did the shit after the fact. It was a poor performance, but I at least give him credit for at least getting out there being an all-star. Because, I mean, them, them niggas don't do that shit. And it is true. LeBron James did kill the dunk contest. I don't think it's on LeBron, bro. These niggas is grown men at the end of the day, right. bro. Because I thought we saw it in real time. Before him, all of our all-stars, all of our superstars participated in the dunk contest if they could if there was high flyers. Jordan, Dominique, Clyde Drexler. Like, even if you went one time, bro. But it's dudes went. who are high flyers in it. Like LeBron. I don't think he ruined it though. It's just John Miranda want to do it. Zion ain't doing it. But because that ain't because of LeBron, no. Because they saw that it wasn't valuable to them anymore. Because LeBron James is the one that said, "Hey, this shit, I ain't about to do this shit. Ain't this shit ain't valuable? How late y'all think it is? Because he's the only. He was the first one to go against the grain. He was like, I ain't doing that shit. Every nigga, even Jordan did it. Jordan is a two time dunk contest winner. Yeah. Kobe is. T Mac participated in the dunk contest. Mm-hmm. And do niggas think if T Mac is some he T Mac ain't. He had a good performance. He though. had a good. Yeah. yeah, he did. Now he did. He had a great performance. But you know, T Mac is known as a scorer, not a dunker. Yeah. You know, so he said Ray Allen was in a dunk contest. Now that I think about it, he was in a dunk contest. Um, so all of our stars, pre-stars, they all. I'm looking at this shit like shit. Mac McLung, like he should not be in a dunk contest. Trying to, a G leaguer has won the dunk contest back to back years, bro. Man, we would have never saw that shit. We never saw no nigga in the NBDL win the dunk contest, bruh. We never saw a nigga from the Charleston Logators participating in the dunk contest. Shit is nasty. It's bro. it's lack it's because uh, for one, like you said, people don't care, man. I don't. I it, that's a big part now. People just they don't. I don't think people see the value in that shit no more, bro. Because a lot of times niggas will do that shit, and then you know they get that. You know after the game, they get the vacation until you know Wednesday or you know because that's when the NBA Thursday. usually yeah Thursday back on Thursday. Thursday. So you know them niggas, and then think of you know the niggas who like you know niggas like man. I'm only in here for the All Star Game. I ain't in nothing else. I really don't. I really, I really just trying to get the fuck up out of here. That's all. And I'm Edward saying. said, "Man, we look at it as a break. Man, y'all niggas go to hell, and man. That shit weak. clown shit. That's that shit's weak. clown shit. It's clown shit. Because we come from the era of you know 
good all-star games. You know what I'm saying? We come from the era of, you know, Kobe being competitive. D, you know, when the East had a stack squad. We, I remember the days. Yeah, we had some one-off years when it was like, it was it was bad. But all in all, though, man. Overall, the, bro, it was. These niggas are too coddled. Yeah. The NBA players are way too fucking coddled. Period. And Adam Silver gotta put he gotta he gotta go further. He gotta go deeper. Drew, you was about to say something? Now that Jalen Brown dunk was that shit was piss poor. That shit was horrible, bro. Yeah, you jumping over Kai Sanat. Nigga, please. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and then this man did the dab like afterwards. Like he he's supposed to be your eyes closed, your eyes are clearly. Then he posted dunks he did in practice on his story. Yeah, man. Like that makes it like that's gonna make it, oh nigga this is this is what I could have did niggas ain't never have to post validation videos for a, a horrible performance ever. That's how you dunk. know that shit was ass. Yeah man, God bless. I don't know man, and then maybe maybe also maybe the city has something to do with it. Maybe niggas feel like yo it's Indiana my nigga. I'm just about to go here do this little shit and go. You know what I'm saying? If it was in Vegas, you know, maybe niggas might, or it might be the complete verse. Niggas be like, man, we, no, maybe it might not be. Maybe because since they're in Vegas, they want to really put on the show. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, but I mean, it's been shitty. Jalen Brown, go to hell, nigga. <laughs> and you shitty. NBA players, bro, I used to be on your side. Not no more. That's it. I hope they up the standard to 65 games to 80 games. I hope NBA guaranteed contracts are no longer a thing. Nah, um, nigga, you want this nigga said the uh, 80 games? What the fuck? Bruh, go deep on these dudes, bruh. They got it too easy. Hey, yo. <laughs> got it too easy. Pause. But I'm telling you, bruh, like, listen. That nigga said 80 games, bruh. What nigga playing 80 games a season, dog? What game, Mike, for real now? What nigga is playing 80 games in 70. a season? All right, 70, okay. A nigga who's making... uh. Multi-million dollars Man, a year? Ain't no way in hell a nigga playing. This is That's not That's a too- problem, Marcus. But That's th- a problem. They want more for less. But this is We're getting a- less in return from these niggas. That's true. But dog, The only reason why they're playing harder now, but think, if Adam Silver continues to put in more stipulations, we won't have this shit. Niggas been playing these games this year. Yeah. Ain't been no low man. Now, some niggas have been trying to play hurt and in turn hurt themselves further, but that's not, that's not on the NBA. You have a you know when your body can't be able to play. So if you're gonna miss out on the award, nigga, then oh well, so be it. Yeah. Y- y'all are the reason why the 65 game rule is here. You did this to yourself. So if you're hurt and you're gonna miss the 65 game threshold, so be it. It is what it is. Yeah. I, I'm not it's not it's not it's not the NBA's fault. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Halliburton was talking about that. How yeah, like you know, we evaluated certain like I'll go out there and play this on you at the end of the day. You weigh that you weigh that decision. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, bro, you gotta look at your career in totality. Do you wanna? Do you wanna uh, look what Joel Embiid yeah, did? You know what I'm saying, do you wanna try to play through this shit and get fucked up and have to go through fighting that? for an MVP? You know what I'm saying? Do you wanna have to go through that? And this nigga already got an MVP, so I really don't understand why and he, he got a history of being hurt anyway. Yeah. So when people be talking about this hurt shit, bro, nobody in the history of the game has won NBA MVP for real playing less than 65 games, bro. The last time it happened was Giannis 2020. That was a worldwide. Yeah, you pinch. cannot control yeah. it. Then before that was Carl Malone ninety nine because of the lockout. That was fifty five game season. Yeah. Outside of that, that shit don't happen like that. Yeah. The MVP usually is playing seventy plus games. Yeah. 
I would say seventy games. I feel like if you miss if you miss more than if you if you miss more than ten, you know, we'll do be twelve because it's an eighty two season. Bruh, so. get these niggas out of here, bro. That's all I got to say about these niggas. Y'all got anything else, man? Drew, you got any thoughts on the All Star Weekend shit? Nah, man, that shit was mid as hell. That's all, you know. Jennifer Hudson doing the ha- yeah. stop it. I don't know. You I made that call, bro. That, if you bro, gonna get a, if you, and it's not against uh, Jennifer Hudson, but she's not for the demo in the time, bro. Uh, Should have got Lotto or something, or uh, one of them. Little baby gunner, like you know. What I'm Come saying? on, bro, knock it off, man. But that's all I really got for these niggas, man. Sorry, <laughs> not on your side no more, man. Yeah, that, that y'all was... niggas can go to hell, bro. Talking about, oh, y'all pay us. Pay you? Are you already getting 35-plus a season? <laughs> and you getting sentenced for all NBA and All-Star. You talking about pay you for a weekend? And how much would you, and my, How much more do you want, really? How much more do you want for real? Yeah. Do you want $10 million for the pot, for the wedding? Get the like, fuck oh. out of here. Y'all ain't doing nothing with yeah. that. And then, no way. Adam Silver, salute to you for the NCAA tournament and 65 game shit. But, dog, you got to, yeah. I don't know what you got to do. I'll Tap into some type of spirits to holler at Stern or something. Do something. Yeah. This shit is getting out of control, bro. Shit's getting out of control. That's all I really got to say, bro. Oh, shit, shit partner. If you want to talk about money, shit, partner with some Saudi niggas, man. They gonna, he going to fold soon. I don't know when, but it's going to happen, bro. Yeah, partner with the Saudis. Get out of here, man. So. Imagine imagine having an all-star game with Abu Dhabi or some shit like that. You feel me? That That's now, nigga. That'd be crazy. That's crazy. But a lot of shit wouldn't be going on over there. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. You yeah. know, they got different rules yeah. and laws over there. They don't play that. Your, your ass will end up locked up for 10 years yeah. for a weekend for some shit that you did. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you better you better get it right, bro. Um, But, yeah, man, that's, that's pretty much all I got, man. We got anything else, man, before we get up out of here? Nah, man. Just, you know, hey. Props to everybody doing their thing, dog. Yeah, man. Everybody continue to do your thing. Marches around the corner. Um, This year is going to steady rolling. These years ain't slowing up. It's going to continue to get faster, continue to put out work, continue to strive, and also run your own race. Please run your own race. Don't compare yourself to nobody. You know, they say comparison is a thief of joy. So Mm -hmm. continue to run your own race. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses, you know, and just continue to grow. That's all I really got to say, man. Drew, you got anything, man? No, man. Blessings to everyone, man. Word. Just keep word. working, man. Always. So like we say every week, man, you hear anything on the show to get you in your feelings, you feel the type of way. Always remember, we're, we're just, just the messengers. messengers. We out.